Welcome to another edition of VP Live Talk Radio. I am back. There is many things to talk about. Many, many things. I mean, my God, I have guests. I have two guests with me this evening. And there's a lot. Like I said, I do podcasts whenever there's stuff to talk about. If there's nothing to talk about, I'm not doing a podcast. If I got a ton of stuff to talk about, I'm doing a podcast. But before I do anything, before I bring on guests, before I start spewing all the shit I got to fucking spew, before any of that happens... I have to play this for for for, for my listeners because this is this is genius. I know in the past probably month, you've seen a lot of celebrities doing coronavirus songs or uh, you know singing what more like singing songs you know to help us get through this coronavirus pandemic and and then there's people that have you know written songs and and you know just all these songs people writing all these fucking songs going on with coronavirus. This guy, okay. His name is Mark Billet, I think it is. I don't know. Bonfire.com. Go to his website, bonfire.com. This guy made a song, coronavirus-related song. This song is the best coronavirus-related song out there. There is no song I've heard that is better than this song. This song is the, should win a fucking award, a Grammy, whatever the fuck you can give it for the best quarantine song you're ever going to hear, coronavirus-related song. This guy did it. I'm going to play it for you now. You have to listen to it. The entire thing is it's phenomenal. And then I'm going to bring my guest on. Here's the best coronavirus song. It is called Quarantine Fucking Tonight, and you have to listen to this. Quarantine Fucking Tonight. Ah. I just want to note real quick, this guy's doing this in his bedroom. Motherfucking head, yo, I'm making out with your pussy. I said I'm working and sucking it and fucking it and working it and popping my hand up in your motherfucking body. Then I come here, baby, while I'm sucking on it, making out with your whole body. I'm tweaking on your body, tweaking on your nipples, baby. Yo, it's hotter than I anticipated. It's getting better all the time now. Uh, you make me tingle, make me sweat, baby Make me do it, make me you're the best I'ma tell you how to Work it, baby, harder, faster, slower Bigger, faster, slower Now I do it wider, up or down or lower, baby uh, You know I'm gonna fuck you I'm gonna Work my body with your body When you do it, put our bodies all together Now we're working, now we're working Now we're uh, Fuck it, baby, though we get it on, get it in, get it long, get it. Ah, ah, 
you know I work the body with the Work it, never stop working it. I'm gonna tickle it, tickle it, work it, baby. When I'm fucking you, oh baby, now I'm fucking you. I'm fucking you. You're fucking me, you're fucking me. I like it when you're fucking me. Your body's on my body. Now we're fucking each other, and now it's combination fucking, baby. Do it the other way. Turn it all around, flip it upside down. I'm working you, I'm working you, I'm working you. You working me, we working all together on your body. I'm making you feel it, making you done Make you sleep, have a cigarette, wash, rinse, repeat You're coming cause it's mine forever You'll rewind on a Do it again, god damn it, do it That is the great. <laughs> that is the greatest coronavirus theme song out there ever, and I want to say that this guy is doing this in his bedroom, and he's singing all of that. That's one person doing all of that. That's fucking remarkable. That's fantastic. Fuck all these celebrities and their stupid songs and all their shit. There, that is the greatest coronavirus song to ever come anywhere ever anyway i gotta move on i love that everybody i'm glad everybody got to hear that because i love it so much i'm bringing my guest on i'm gonna bring i have uh, i'll bring tony on first ladies first where is she come here there she is tony you there hello hi <laughs> hi i completely disagree <laughs> what are you talking about that's a great song <laughs> Cardi B has owned coronavirus. It's Cardi B. I'm sorry, all the way, hands oh, down. Cardi B won this. She's New York, hard in New York. Coronavirus. Okay, well, I'm 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 gonna shoot that down because I'm just gonna say this. All right, in all fairness, Cardi B has studios and this and that and everything else. I mean, it's very easy for her to put together something like that, right? This guy's he's standing shirtless in his fucking bedroom. He has a, a multi-track. I mean, and he's singing all of that. It's amazing. And he actually, he's been, t I guess, I I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get him on the show. He's been touring for quite a while. He tours. He does various uh, concerts around college towns and shit. He always sells out. And I guess that's his thing. He just does all his music on his own. And he's just a fucking genius. I think that's just such a great song. But I had Tony, I had you on for two reasons. Number one. I know you're sitting in your house bored as a motherfucker because I see you all over Facebook. You're just posting this, posting that, post, post, <laughs> posting. And I'm like, she's dying to say something. Now, I do the same thing. <laughs> you know, I, I do. I, I go on social media and I do all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, my God, I got to talk about this. That's why I do this podcast, because I got to get it out. So I know you're suffering the same thing. So I said, I got to bring Tony on because I know she's dying just to blah, just fucking get it out there and, and, and say stuff. And there is a few things I want to talk about that you have discussed on Facebook. But hang on real quick. Before I do that, I got to bring I got to bring uh, Flitzy on. I'm bringing Flitzanu on because later on we're going to talk about anxiety. I've been seeing Flitzanu post about his issues with anxiety, and I think I can help him. Hang, he's right here. You there, Flitzanu? I'm here. How are you? 
I'm good. How's it going? Yeah. So you know what? I'm, I'm going to help two friends tonight. I'm going to help Tony be able to spit everything out she needs to say because she's bored out of her fucking mind and she just needs to say something. And I'm going to help Flitzanu, uh not cure, but I'm going to help him with his anxiety. I think I can do both these things tonight. I think it'll be wonderful. Um, you're basically Jesus I have to right say now. Two things. I'm sorry. I have to say two things. Number one is if you can believe it or not, I don't think we, Flitzanu and I have ever had a conversation in all these years. Really? And number two, yes. And num- number two, I don't think and number two is I have I'm all up the anxiety train, so I'm on for that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> You're on the anxiety train too. Okay, so that, well, that's good, um, and and we're going to discuss that. But uh, I'm surprised you haven't talked. I mean, Tony's been to a lot of conventions back in the day. You must have at some point talked to to. Uh, Maybe yeah, not. I don't know. I don't know. She's been around forever, just like we have. I mean, I would figure at some point, but maybe not. Maybe you guys just never, never cross paths. Just so everybody remembers. True, and true introverts, maybe. I'm an introvert. I'm an introvert completely, and I would always see him around totally, and he was an extrovert in a lot of ways in my, you know, to my perception, and I just, I guess, it's just we never shook hands. It just never, you know, it was nothing aside from that. Right. I'm, I am very intimidating. Well, you you know what I I, I say not. But when I I first saw Flitzanu, it was I don't know ten years ago at a vape one of the first vape meets, probably the vape bash. I don't know something one of these vape. I can't even remember all from VaporCon or something. But I remember seeing Flitzanu, and I remember looking at him, and I knew he had to be in his at least mid thirties. And I remember looking at him, and he was you know had this whole thing going on with his colored hair and the whole wild thrift clothes, dress thing. He had this whole thing going on, right? And I remember seeing yeah. him, and I remember thinking to myself, you know what? I, I, I don't even know this guy, and I like him. I want to talk to him because I got to tell you something. When you're in high school and you're walking around like that, that's one thing. When you're in your mid-30s and you're an adult and you're <laughs> out there in life and you're walking around like that, that takes some balls. I'm like, I like this guy. He's got some balls to do that. I like that, that you know what? He has his look. He has his thing. He doesn't give a fuck. He's not giving in to society saying, I have to dress a certain way because I'm in my mid-30s and I'm an adult. He's like, fuck that shit. I'm going to be however I want, look however I want. And I admired that. And also at the time, he had a really hot girlfriend, and I thought that was pretty cool too. So, That's true. That's true. <laughs> so, so, you know, I had to talk to Flitzanu. But I, I guess I could see how someone might be intimidated if they see you for the first time. Um, but I don't know. I, I didn't get that. I guess at all. so. I don't. I mean, I like to think I'm approachable. I mean, I have so many strangers love to talk to me, like even in bars and things like that. And it's because of that same reason, you know. It's like I think sometimes the the perception, the visual perception, makes it seem that I'm approachable because I'm, you know, I'm not like brooding and sitting in a corner alone or whatever. And I, I don't know, but I, I definitely understand it. Like it's one of those things that it doesn't make sense to me, but I do, I do understand it because I do hear it a lot. Cause it's like, I was surrounded by people and they were, you know, they, they couldn't find the moment to come talk to me or, or they didn't want to butt into any of the conversations that I was involved in for 24 hours. And, you know, I, so I, I get it. I do. Yeah. Get it. And, and, and Tony, you probably never met Tony. Cause... Yeah, I think it was a lot of that. You were always with certain people, and it was like if our cross had passed, you know, if our paths had crossed, first that strike it, um, you know, it would have, you know, it just didn't work. You know, that's all I'm saying. Well, I, I also think, yeah. you know, Tony's not really an extrovert. You know, she's not going to walk up to you and be like, all. hey, how you doing? I mean, she just doesn't <laughs> right. do that. Um, once you get to know her, I, she's very extrovert, but, you know, not not initially. So, uh 
I, I can see how that probably happened. But that's okay. He's here now. Uh, it's good to meet you, yes, finally. Yes, finally you get yes, to... Yes, hello. Virtual <laughs> hellos all around. Everyone only can do virtual hellos today. No handshaking at all. Absolutely not. <laughs> and, and, and I, and I just yeah. want to mention something, too. You know, these fucking idiot news channels, all of them, and you've been, everybody has seen this, like... When they're interviewing people, now they have everybody in all these different places. And, like, the interviewer will say something. Then there's, like, a five-second delay before you hear the person respond. And then they're talking over each other because they have all this five-second delay. How the fuck does a multi-billion dollar media company not have technology where there's a five-second delay and people are talking over each other? I do a little shitty podcast out of my fucking house, okay? I don't have that. There's no fucking delay. I got Flitzana right here. I got fucking Tony over there. We're not talking over each other. We can hear each other in real time. I don't comprehend that. How the fuck is that happening? I don't know. But uh, anyway, I've got to get going with this. So first... I have to bring this up first. We're going to do the coronavirus stuff first just to get it out of the way because it's, it's, it's everywhere. Um, it is. It literally. is. And, and, and this one I, I have to ask uh, Tony and then I'll ask Flitzano about this. So this is one thing I don't understand. There's a lot of car commercials that are av- auto, auto um, places that are financing right now. For example, or advertising. For example, there's this big advertisement, right, that Toyota does. And they have Jan come on and Jan's sitting there and Jan's like, we want to help you. You know, so you're like, shit, you want to help me? Great. Toyota wants to help me, right? That's awesome. That's great. What do you want to do, Toyota, to help me? So here's how they want to help you. (laughs) So they say, and this is the commercial, I swear to God. They say, we want to help you. So they want us, they want me, Flitzanu, and you and I guess Tony too. They want us to come into a Toyota dealership and they want us to buy a brand new Toyota. And then, right. and then, what they're going to do is, uh, they're going to defer the first ninety or the first ninety days of payments. So, if you buy a new Toyota for the first three months, you won't you won't have to make a payment, and then you won't have to make a payment till the fourth month. And that's how Toyota is going to help me. That's how they're going to help you, and that's how they're going to help Tony. Now, how the fuck does me going to a Toyota dealership and Buying a brand new car, which now puts me in debt, depending on how much the car is. Say it's a $25,000 car. Okay, so I'm going to go buy a $25,000 car, put myself in debt for it. I have no clue. A lot of people don't have a clue if they're going to have a business or a job two or three months from now with the way the economy is going. And, oh, you don't have to worry about making the first payment for the first 90 days. How the fuck is that helping anybody? And how do they even have the balls to go on TV and put a commercial like that? And is it just me that thinks this when they see this? Or is America? stupid and actually think oh yeah they really are want to help me how is that fucking helping anybody am i uh, tony am i missing something i, I don't understand <laughs> well I'm, what i want to say is out of all the things that could upset you about the coronavirus <laughs> <laughs> but no i mean I, I understand where you're coming from but a company's got to make money right like a comp that's what a company's geared to do a company is geared to make money yes so they you know nobody's leaving their houses nobody's buying cars no one's doing anything they had to sell the cars in a lot because by the end of the year there's gonna be a new model and they have to pay their you know the salespeople have to make commission and blah 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 blah, blah. i could go on forever i mean i'm sure if you want to put it out there hypothetically, there is one person out there with a broken down beater who really needs a car to the day, you know, who loves the deferred payments. But I mean, for the masses, no, they're not helping people. If they want to make their, you know, change their plant and their distribution to do ventilators and announce that, I think that would be much better for company perspective than, you know, like you said, like here's some debt later on. 
and that won't that be nice when you're still out of a job so yes i agree with you in principle it does nothing it says nothing but i you, how can you fault the company for trying to make money a company's got to try well you know? and, and and i understand that and okay so for and you're right and, and for example and and i know flitzano's seen this too and I know Tony's seen this yes. too. There's a bunch of these e-liquid companies now that are making hand sanitizer. Okay. Um, yes. All right. So it, now someone put, I forgot who, someone put up a post the other day and they're like, we need to thank all of these e-liquid companies for helping America and standing up and, and, and helping and, and da, ba, 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 ba. Wait a minute. Who the, wait a minute. They're producing hand sanitizer and they're selling it for a profit. Okay, which is nothing wrong with that. There's a need for hand sanitizer, and the liquid companies, who I know a lot of them are hurting right now, are saying, hey, we need to do something to make some money. There's a need for hand sanitizer. Let's make it. Let's put it out there. Let's make some money. That's fine. I don't have a problem with that. What I have a problem with is you idiots sucking their dicks saying they're doing something wonderful for America. No, they're just fucking making money. They're, 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 they're taking advantage. There's a product that's needed right now. They're taking advantage of that, and they're using that to sell the product that's needed to make money, which nothing wrong with. That's great, but we're going to fucking thank them for that? What, are you kidding me? What are we thanking them for? They're helping America. No, they're making money. Hey, listen, God right. bless them. They're making money. But right, you see what I'm saying, Flitzano? How is that helping yeah. America? I mean, because I, mean, I know, um, I know, uh, I've seen some people. Um, I know early on that I want to say, oh God, uh, Jason up in Wyoming. Um, I, what is what is this company? Wyoming Vapor Company. Uh -huh. I'm pretty sure, like, uh, you know, you know, Jason. Um, yeah. I'm sure. Uh, like, I think he started making some and handing it out in his city, like handing it out, not selling it. And so, like, that's in a situation wonderful. like that. Yeah, yes. that's that's honorable because yes. it's like, hey, you've got a bunch of PG. Like, I would like to know the recipe because I would love to know how to make hand sanitizer. <laughs> I know it's made with propylene glycol and whatever else they're making. But right. Um, but yeah, I mean, praising them for selling it, it a, seems a bit short-sighted that's what i'm I mean, saying like, like you're right if somebody was handing it out you know what even this even if a company was saying you know what we're not making anything off it we're just simply selling it just to get the cost back but we right. want to make sure people then yes you can say they're helping america that's wonderful that's great but these companies selling hand sanitizer making money off it, and you're applauding them thanks for helping america guys get the fuck out of here they're not helping america and and you know it's interesting because tony you brought up something about this a while back and I want you to discuss it because I, I thought it was a great idea. And you brought this up before, you know, e-liquid companies, whether they're making hand sanitizer. You know, I can tell you the biggest thing that's needed right now is a disinfectant spray. You can't find mm. fucking Lysol disinfectant spray anywhere. Not online. Nowhere. I mean, it just doesn't exist. Uh, so, you know, let's say uh, an e-liquid company comes along and, and I, and I'm correct me if I'm wrong, Tony, but I'm kind of going to paraphrase what you were, were saying, you know, she's saying, for example, let's say they do come along and these companies are doing this. Now what we should do is we should now promote these companies, put them out there on social media, let everybody new don't do, do press releases. Hey, this company is doing this. This company is doing that. Show them the vapor industry cares and they're, and they're doing these things to, to help America and create these products so that people have them. You, Right, Tony? I mean, you were kind of 
getting on on that on that road of of we should be doing that and it's a great idea i think we should i think it's an opportunity now for us to show america we're not a bunch of jerk offs who sit in our parents basements and vape our brains out we're an industry that actually is a professional industry that cares and we are capable of creating products and doing these things to help people and want to help people right i mean am i wrong i i i think it's a great idea but i think that's what you were kind of trying to say right what you said initially you brought me on the show because you think I have a lot to say. So to wrap my head around that question, yes, I have an extreme a lot to say to that answer. So I'll try to yes. keep it concise, not go into any tangents. But number one, yes, my first instinct, the second that the War Production Act was brought up was to contact the limited people I know in the industry at this point that could benefit from it and said, you know, we should absolutely as an industry get behind this. Number one, we have clean rooms. Number two, I knew the industry would suffer a huge blow through what was about to come down the pike. So it's like, yeah, take advantage. You know, you can get a government contract. Fantastic. They're going to fund it, supply you. You just have to put it together and ship it out. Like, great. You know, and and I absolutely said, get in front of it with the Kennedy, you know, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. And I'm surprised that's not said more through this whole pandemic. And I agree to a certain point, what you guys were saying, like, are you helping? No. But at the same time, we're not socialists. We're a capitalist system. You know, last right. time I checked. Yep. And I love the fact that our industry produces in the United States. And they did it simply not because it's cost effective, because they wanted people to believe in their devices and their and their products and their and their liquids so that it didn't come from a source unknown that contaminates shits, right? That can yep. shit, so that's good. But you know what I mean? Like they you know, so that's why it came here in the first place. And how many industries come here on purpose besides from leave and outsource? And we were like, you know what, China, nobody trusts you. And we said that you know, eight years ago, and we're going to do it here, and we're going to make sure that we do it right. And that's what our industry did, which makes us such an American industry to begin with. So the fact that we get all, you know, and I grew up, you know, I was very liberal, you know, now I'm somewhere in the middle, you know, I don't want to get into politics, but ultimately, you know, we're not a socialist country, it is a business opportunity. And if vapors can make hand sanitizers for a few months in their factory, as opposed to some e-liquid, that they can't sell anywhere right now anyway, like, great. It's a win-win. The United States employees in the United States are making money off of a product. And in, at the same time, that's, you know, it's business. You got to you gotta get out there with PR. You got to right. say, like, yes, we're doing this. We're doing this as an, maybe as an industry or as a company and put a face on it. Because what else, how else are you going to advertise in this in this pandemic right. you know like you no know, one's gonna know to buy your freaking hand sanitizer if you don't get it out there with a goodwill story or some other shit that makes someone want to post it and share it and post it and share it again because anybody everybody with anybody is not even watching tv anymore they're watching because they don't want to see the news the break-ins so they're just on their phones on their phones cycling 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 the same shit over and over yeah so yeah i don't no. know leave it at that for now but. no i agree i agree you're 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 right about that they are and, uh, and just so people understand, because a lot of people don't understand what's going on with e-liquid and why isn't a lot of it available right now. I'll explain it to you very quick. It's very simple. Okay. I'm suffering the same thing with having tea time. I am suffering the same problem. The problem is, is flavor companies are closed. Now, if we can't get flavors to mix e-liquid, we can't fucking mix e-liquid. So what happened was, you know, just like 
a couple weeks ago, like Flavor Art's been shut down there in Italy uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, TPA shut down, which was devastating. A lot of these companies shut down. So then all the e-liquid companies were rushing around to all the uh, wholesalers trying to get as much as they can, whatever they could before, you know, everything was gone. So like, for example, I have I have enough flavorings or my co-packer, I should say, has enough flavorings to probably get me through for another eight weeks. But that's it. That I'm fucked. You know, I have to wait for them to open. As Actually, right now, I have almost no tea time because my co-packer I had went out of business. So I had to switch co-packers, and he's got to set me up, and that takes time. So I'm suffering the same thing. I'm like, I'm, I'm out of all like the, the flavors that people love because I'm waiting to get more. But that's the issue. We're having a hard time getting flavorings. And if shit doesn't fucking open back up soon, we're going to be screwed. There's going to be no e-liquid because, you know... Without flavorings, we can't mix e-liquid. So that's what's happening with that. Um, that's exactly right, Kevin. Cause a run on it like toilet paper. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess plus a lot of states they've shut down so many businesses. Um, yeah. I've I've seen a lot of uh, a lot of vendors talking about that. You know, like they can't they can't work in their shop. Like they can't or they can't uh, you know they can't open their lab because they're not allowed to. You know, they're not a uh, essential business, whatever they call on everybody. Yeah, and so right. that they can't even make anything. And so I guess it's going to be, you know, it's kind of going to be compounding that if they can't get the product or they, they can't get the materials to make the product and then they can't even open the, the facility to make the product either, then it's, I mean, everybody's screwed. Right. And, right. And you know, someone mentioned something on Facebook the other day. I got to ask both of you, I got to get both your opinions on this. You know, he went on, I thought it was pretty ballsy he did it. <laughs> he went on and he said, listen, I guess he owns a vape shop. And he said, I'm closed. And he says, I have to be honest. He says, I think it's kind of silly that vape shops are saying that they're essential and they should stay open. He says, I think that's ridiculous. So everybody went nuts. Like, oh, that's crazy. You know, and someone mentioned, well, the, the liquor stores are being deemed essential and that's ridiculous. Well, Liquor stores being deemed essential is not ridiculous, and I'll tell you why. This is why liquor stores were deemed essential. The government's not going to tell you this, but I'll tell you this. They were deemed essential because, let's say, we closed down all the liquor stores and people couldn't get liquor, okay? Someone who's an alcoholic, like a real hardcore alcoholic, you just can't tell them, stop drinking. It doesn't work that way. You can't go, okay, you can't get alcohol now. They could die. I mean, they could go through withdrawal so bad that they could die. If we had closed down all liquor stores, what do you think these people are going to go now? They're going to go to the hospital. They're going to say, oh, my God, I'm freaking out. I can't get liquor. I'm fucking dying. You're going to fill hospitals with people who can't get their alcohol. Just keep the liquor stores open. Give them their fucking alcohol. That's why liquor yeah. stores are open. But um, I mean, like they could Forget die. alcoholics. I'm, right, think like... about all the mothers homeschooling who need their wine. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. It'll be yes. chaos in the streets. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, yes. You'd have a, a bunch of uh, mothers going, yes, that's true. But so, so yeah, and, and, and I understand that. So, so that's why they're open. But now is a vape shop considered essential? Uh, I would, me personally, I would say so. And I'd say why? Because- if you're using, if you're vaping, you're using an e-cigarette, obviously you're not smoking anymore. I'd say 90% or more of e-cigarette users are former smokers. And if they can't get their vape products now, yes, more than likely they're going to go back to smoking cigarettes. That's going to be harmful to them. That's bad. It should be deemed essential. I disagree with the guy. I think they definitely are an essential business. Tony, is a vape shop an essential business that should be open? Um, I think that 
the access to it, yes, should be open. Because if I, you know, as someone who's smoked cigarettes for many years, vape for many years, you know, it's going to be what I can get my hands on with nicotine. And that's the truth. And those are the facts. And I, I, I completely agree. And with my joke that um, I think that when you take things that are addictive or that are just a part of the social relaxation that goes on with people in their homes, whether it be wine or the fact in my house that we're out of wine and my husband was nice enough to pour me a nice uh, Jack on the Rocks, which I never drink because it's only a pandemic I'm drinking such. But, um, you know, I do think that if you started to take away, if you started with, you know, the, the most drastic liquor stores, that people would just be, what else is there, you know, for some people to do but enjoy a glass of wine and sit on their deck or sit in their living room and watch the show or whatever there is? I mean, you start to take away those basic human pleasures, I guess you could call them. Yeah. And then, you know, if you add in nicotine as one of those things, which I think it is, we, the same discussion goes on with the pot dispensaries, you know, and I agree across the board. However, you know, it's also an individual business's decision. Again, a capitalist system, if a business is deemed essential, does not mean they have to stay open. Right. And if, you know, a business is concerned about, you know, uh, their customers or their employees or whatever it is, I mean, that's absolutely their decision to, you know, discontinue service and, you know, no one would hold them, you know, you know, in harm to that. So, but essentially you have to at least have, people have to have something to, to hang on to. And if it's nicotine for some people, then I think absolutely they would turn to cigarettes in a time of need. Yes. No, they would. Absolutely. Flitzanu, are they essential vape shops? I mean, I, I guess I could see the point of saying it's not essential in the way that you were talking about liquor stores that, uh, you know, if, if someone is an alcoholic and they stop drinking, that's seriously medically dangerous. Yes, it and is. And if you stop nicotine, like you're not going to die if you're having having nicotine withdrawal. So in that in that sense of it, I mean. To, even though the two really aren't comparable, you know, as far but as far as an addiction, like if you're addicted to alcohol, that can have serious physical health effects on you. If you stop drinking, if you stop taking nicotine, you're just going to be a dick for a while, but you're not going to die. Right. So I could see that side of it. But I, I think I'm going to agree with Tony that I mean, it, it is it, it's leisure. And I mean, they have other. I would consider it kind of a convenience in the same way that like gas stations are still open. Um, you can still buy snacks. You can still buy things that make you happy. Uh, you can still shop at stores like in Walmart and like you could, it's not like Walmart has only things that are essential to your survival. So I think in that sense, I would say they should be allowed to be open. Um, right. I mean, maybe not necessarily essential air quote, but I, I think I don't think it's causing any harm, you know, right. like I could see where they want to shut down um, laser tag, <laughs> you know, like right. you don't right. need to have laser tag uh, or I can't think of any good examples and like shutting down the bars and stuff like that. I mean, things things make sense where you don't want people gathering together, but uh, most vape shops are small enough to where you could limit people like you could limit exposure. Most of them are very clean uh, just by nature and by habit because of the industry that they're in. I mean, they're, you know, they're used to wiping down counters and, and making sure things are sanitized and clean and, you know, not sharing germs and whatever. And, uh, so I, it is weird that they, that they don't allow them to be open. Um, right. 
I would lean more toward essential rather than shut them down. Right. Um, I mean, 100% essential, maybe not so much, but it doesn't seem that it would be causing uh, a major problem like other places could be. And other, I wonder, you know, other, other, uh, I don't, I don't even, I can't think of the word that I'm trying to use, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's better than like laser tech. I don't know. I can't think of a, another example. Well, you know, the thing too is a lot of these vape shops, and I want to mention this too, a lot of these vape shops are now utilizing online. What they're doing is, is they have websites now. People can go on. They can purchase the products online. They can drive to the vape shop. They can go out, hand them their product, and be on their way. Yeah. Now, why do I bring this up? Yes, curbside pickup. Yes. I was going to say that, just like yes. the restaurants. Absolutely. Now, now I want... Yep. I want all of you vape shop owners, because there's a whole bunch of them in the South that were being convinced by a certain advocacy group, and they've been trying they've been trying to convince them for what, a couple years now at least, that like, okay, so what they're doing with some legislators down south is they're trying to bargain with them so that they don't ban flavors or, you know, create uh crazy uh outrageous taxes and stuff. So they're going to these legislators and they're saying, hey, and they have been for a couple of years now, hey, you know what? Don't ban flavors, don't give us a crazy tax, be fair, blah, blah, blah. In exchange, you can ban online sales. Because right. these advocacy groups are telling them, oh, if you get rid of online sales, your sales will jump. People will start buying from you again. Your stores will flourish again. If, number one, if you get a lot, if you got rid of online sales, that's not going to make vape shops flourish. It's just not going to happen. That's stupid. That that's just ridiculous if you think that. But anyway, all these, a lot of these shops down there were advocating for an online sales ban. But you know what? Now these same shops are now using online and using websites to be able to sell their products to stay open. So all you fuckers out there that were thinking that was such a great <laughs> idea to ban online sales and now think it's saving your, your vape shops and your business, you know, think twice before you, you, you recommend banning something. Because now if that, had been, if that had been done, you could have even done that. You would have been out of business. So think yeah. before you advocate for fucking bans. Really think about it. I know nobody thought in a million years, hey, there might be a pandemic. and we. But you know what? Shit happens. And uh, thank God that most of these states didn't enact these online sales bans because you're, now you're able to stay in business. And I was right, and these advocacy groups were wrong, just like I know I was. So Once again. Uh, <laughs> right. not, not always. Every once in a while I am, but but not always. Um so yeah, and yeah, I mean it's just crazy. So anyway, Tony was talking about this before. There is so much you turn on the news, it's coronavirus, coronavirus, it's constant coronavirus. Um CNN and ABC are definitely trying to scare you. CBS boasts that they're not trying to scare you. They're just trying to present facts, but they're trying to they're all trying to scare you. It's all ridiculous. The the, the yeah. press is out of control with this. It's absolutely nuts. Oh, I'm sorry. Hang on. Hang on. I'm sorry. Before I get to this, someone just messaged me to remind me. It's true. I did say it on my last podcast. In my last podcast, I said, I'm going to test everybody, or I'm going to ask everybody the same question. So I'm going to ask Tony, then I'm going to ask Flitzano. I want you to guys listen to this. This was a press conference. Of, I think it was two weeks ago. Uh, President Trump was having a uh, press conference, and this question was asked to him. And then I'm going to ask you a question about the question that was asked to him. Listen to this. Yeah. Uh you know, obviously, we know anyone can spread the disease. Oh, wait a minute. Right? No, that's not it. That's not it. Hang on. That's not it. Where is it? What did I do with it? Oh, I didn't put it up here. Oh, yeah, here it is. Here we go. 
And then the, the se my second question is, there are some, at least one White House official, who used the term Kung Flu, referring to the fact that this virus started in China. Is that acceptable? Is it wrong? Are you worried that that having this virus be, uh, be talked about as as a Chinese virus, that that might I help, wonder who said that. that. You know who said that? that? I'm not sure the person's name, but would you condemn He's, the fact say that the Kung again. Flu? Say the term again. A person at the White House used the term just the Kung term. Flu. My question is, do Kung you think flu. that's wrong? Kung Flu. And <laughs> is Kung Flu racist? Tony, yes or no? <laughs> oh my god i missed that i missed that completely i wish i would have seen them person. you know what's actually really funny is the question that trump asked for clarification on was the exact one i was like i missed it who said it so a person at the white house but um i, I laughed at that <laughs> i don't know if that makes what that makes me but i will tell you i laughed i i don't think that that should have been asked of the president. Of the <laughs> no, it's, it should have been asked at all. Ridiculous question. But but understand. I yeah, want I want I, just, I want people to understand. That's like a Facebook meme. That's a Facebook meme that no people laugh at and pass. And like you don't ask the president of the United States to waste time. But but see that that's a, that's a thing, Tony. A lot. That's not it for a lot of people. Okay, Tony's from New York. I'm from Connecticut. We're from the Northeast. Okay. Right. That shit's funny to us. Tony's right. When I first heard that, I laughed my ass off. I'm like, Kung Flu, you fucking shit. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> but, but you know. I share it, maybe, you know. Like, but, know yeah, you but know, people you know. will say, but a lot of people are like, That's racist. That's racist against you. You shouldn't say that. Oh, my God. I mean, Flatano, is that racist? I mean, is, you know, because you're I not think... from the Northeast. You're from middle, no, of, middle yeah. America. So. I'm sweet home, middle America. <laughs> um, I mean, I think. I think that's a very tricky question, but uh, I mean, it's not a tricky question, but it's, I think it's a, tricky it's a loaded term. question. I think <laughs> it's un it's uncouth mm -hmm. and it's quite insensitive, but I, I personally feel like racist is a little stretch. Okay. Um, gotcha. I can understand, you know, like it, it is, it's, it's, in, it's, it's insensitive. It's yes. Yes. Um, but I, I I would have a hard time calling that flat out racist. Right. Um, and I know I've heard the same thing about calling it the Chinese virus. Like I, it's it's uncalled for. And I mean, it's one of those things like I, I think it's funny um, and that's probably insensitive as well. And but it, it is a, it's an offensive term. And I know that it offends people because it, and it can also cause division. And I know a lot of people, you know, of Asian culture are. Uh, being targeted like I even heard in a doctor's office um I thankfully I wasn't in the room somebody told me because uh, I probably would have actually said something but like I think it's one of those like you're saying it's 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 better shared as a private joke with people that might find dark humor funny but I this doctor's office they said something to a, a person like a patient or whatever it was like oh I had Chinese food and the person's like oh that's brave like really, Chinese <laughs> food? It, that's not how it works. Like that's nothing to do. You know, I mean, yeah. shit like that. I think it's it's borderline racist. But I think a parody term, uh, depending on how serious they're using it. And and again, you know, I don't want to split hairs. I mean, it it did come from China. Like yes. I'm pretty sure, it right? Did. Like, yes, it did. I'm pretty sure that's been proven. It absolutely um, did. Yes. So I mean, calling calling it calling it Kung Flu, I think, would be more offensive than calling it a Chinese virus. Right. Right. Fair so enough. Because it is that is partially true. 
that it was a Chinese virus. I absolutely but, yeah, agree with you. Insensitive yes, and it, it could be offensive. It, it could be insensitive. It could be offensive, but not racist. I absolutely agree with you. And it is funny. And if anybody doesn't think that's funny, then there's something wrong with you. Um, but the the media, the, but you know, Tony's right. That that should have never been asked of the president. That's a stupid fucking question. The media in yeah. general is completely out of fucking control. So I'll give yeah. you a few examples of the piece of shit media. So. Here's a guy from the media asking Donald Trump why he hasn't closed down supermarkets and restaurants. Yeah, uh, you know, obviously we know anyone can spread the disease, right, unwittingly. Right. So why even not have a few businesses open? Why not just shut everything down? There are grocery stores that are open, fast food places. Why even take a little chance to shut up? What, 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 does the, what does the media want us to all fucking starve so they can have uh, news stories? I mean, that's insane. Rebecca Merkel, shut down grocery stores. Where the fuck are we going to get food? That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. He shouldn't even have to answer such a stupid question. Now, I know the media would love for us to not be able to have access to food because what great coverage they get of that. Oh, my God. But are you fucking kidding me? Suggesting they shut down grocery stores and fast food restaurants or whatever? What the fuck? <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah, close yeah, it all down a- so we all starve sitting in our houses. That makes a lot of fucking sense. I mean, that's just insane to me. And it get, oh, it gets worse. You guys, it gets worse. So here's the piece of shit MSNBC. Here's Rachel Maddow, right? Listen to what she says. And then, okay, I'll just play it. Just listen to this. This is great. The president said when he announced that those ships would be put into action against the COVID-19 epidemic, he said one of those ships would be operational in New York Harbor by next week. That's nonsense. It will not be there next week. You hear her? She said, that's nonsense. They'll not be there next week. Now, this was the same MSNBC reporting a week after this. And the Naval Hospital ship, the USNS Comfort, you see it right there on your screen, (laughs) has just docked in New York City. The ship will be used to house non-coronavirus patients. How do they they even air that? How would she even say it? Why? (laughs) I don't know. What's the point of her trying to say that's nonsense? Like, I mean, at least give a condition. I mean, was it... Was it that it, it would take longer than a week to be there or was it that she didn't believe it was going to happen, period? Or like, what's the condition of that's nonsense? But that how, it, how does she even say that? And then the same network that she's on has a report. There it is. There's the ship. I mean, how, how does uh, how does she even go back on the air after that? Like, like, how does that happen? <laughs> That was this, wasn't that the same lady that was crying whenever he got elected or whatever? Yeah, yeah, Rachel Maddow. <laughs> it's a, it, Tony. Yeah. Are you watching any of this bullshit? You know, I, I don't. I I avoid it. But every once in a while, I'll click on this dumb fucking CNN or this dumb MSNBC just to see what they're saying, and it's just outrageous. Yeah. But, right. I mean, I I you, you can't if really I, watch it. If if I didn't have people in my life surrounding me that love me, I would be watching it twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, let me be very clear. When um, it brings back feelings of like, you know, reminiscence of 9-11 for me, it was a much shorter lived actual period for yeah. me in, in time because, you know, I was my senior of college. I was in New York City. I worked in the Chrysler building the next year when the blackout happened. And I remember even then my first inklings of unprepared because I was in the Chrysler building the year after 9-11 as a newly, you know, business suit, Tony, young thing. And I didn't know anything I was doing. And we had to evacuate. No one knew exactly what was going on. And there were no lights at all in the stairwells of the Chrysler building, completely pitch black to the point where I remember a manager holding up a, a lighter, like a BIC, trying to get like three people down the stairs. And I was like, 9-11 happened a year ago, right? And I work in the Chrysler building across from Grand Central Station. Right. And 
the lights aren't on. So, but anyway, so, um, yeah, I was really, like, wound in the news back then, and I would be wound up in the news now. Uh, so I've been kept away from it. I try to do other things and keep myself busy um, because I'm, I like information. I really like to process it. I like to see curves happening, trends happening before they happen. I see those sort of patterns, so I get a lot from it. But at the same time, it can be just this craziness. And then you have you know, your political channels of news, which isn't the way the world used to be, okay? Like every newspaper used to be an independent source with, you know, real reporters, you know? Yep. And that just doesn't exist anymore. And I guess I'm flashing back to college because I went to Fordham University and I took a class on communications intro class. And they, um, it was while 9-11 was happening and it was talking about Clear Channel and the censorship of the songs that happened during 9-11. There was a countrywide ban. You couldn't play Imagine by John Lennon. I mean, that I never understood. You, could, you couldn't play Into the Sandman either, but, you know, by Metallica, but whatever. They had this crazy list of censorship. And then there was this conversation about, you know, how monopolies are happening with the media. And over time, they've been allowed to monopolize, monopolize, because the lobbyists behind them have the power to buy those politicians to let them do so. So eventually, you only have like, what, six people running the entire world, and half of them are on one side and half are on the other, and they're devised. And they're creating this division on purpose, because it's not real reporting. It's it's sensational news, as you've been saying. Right. And, you know, um, so what do I think of it? I think that that's all just bullshit. If you're on the news and you're a patriot and you're a citizen of this United States, at the very least, you say, I really hope that that happens for the citizens of the United States. You don't say that that's just not going to like, you know, that's just so flippant, you know, because right. the people who are counting on those ships who want to believe the president need to know that they're going to be there. And, then, you know, everyone's pretty much in agreement that this is a wartime state in this country. And, you know, no matter where your political, you know, Fences lie. You have to support what's going on. Now, you may not like the guy, and it's you know, hate or dislike or whatever it is causes somebody to be sarcastic and flippant. Fine, but again, the person who is going to be offended by that probably isn't watching anyway. <laughs> They're watching Fox News, right? You know, so right. I don't know. But but you, you know, know, the, the, know. The, and you're you're right. About, there's two things. Number one, you're right about something. When I was a kid, okay, we were taught you respected the president. Doesn't matter if you like him or not. Doesn't matter if you're a Democrat. That does, none of that matters. You respect the president. You listen to him and you respect him. That's fucking gone. That doesn't exist. That just does not exist anymore. Kids are not taught to respect the president. Um, I don't know where the fuck that went or why that went out the window. Well, I know why. Live, it went out the window because you have these biased uh, uh, media groups now coming out that are choosing sides, like Tony was explaining. And in fact, I'm glad you brought that up because I have a perfect example of it. CNN has got to be the worst, the worst. What they are, the worst when it when, when it comes to one-sided reporting. It's absolutely horrific. Um, it, it's terrible every day. Trump, 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 Trump. He's bad. This, bad. This. You know, terrible. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, the other day on CNN, or I think it was last week. Uh, Brianna Keeler was interviewing Peter Navarro. Peter Navarro is the White House trade advisor, okay? Works for the White House, White House trade advisor, and she had him on. 
Listen to this fucking exchange. This is unfucking believable what this fucking woman does to this guy. Listen to this. But there are things that happen. Your government knew in the summer when it did a drill that this, if this happened, this would be a problem. And there was a lack of preparation, which is why you, we have you on to talk about the supply chain. Sure. Right now, and, it looks like the capacity I, for the U.S. is going to be about 200,000 sure. ventilators. And what experts are saying is that there could be a million needed. So are you going to be able to meet that demand? demand. So, and are so, you aware, so and is all, the president aware that, that relaxing restrictive measures <laughs> so, is going to mean look, look, that you need let, more let, than let that? Let me, let, me, let me bring you up on the history here of what, what we inherited. In, in 09, when the Biden uh, Obama administration had the H1N1 flu crisis, Peter, why are you wasting your time on this Hang and on. not solving the problem that you have? You, Peter, why are you even you talking asked about me, this? You, you made the claim that this I administration was ill-prepared. I am trying... Run the I mean, tape. Fact, I just Peter. heard that. I, I run that the tape. Fact, you just said that. Peter. Now let me respond I'm, to that. I'm asking you. Let, I'm let asking respond, you if Brianna. you're going to be able to get to Brianna. a million Brianna, ventilators. Why do you, I, I'm Why? trying to respond to you, and you keep like interrupting me. My question, like, Peter, is: Are you going to be able to get here. to a million? Let's can just you get have to a million conversation here. You keep talking not, in my ear, and you won't let me talk. Can may I speak, please? Will you answer the question? Can you get to a million ventilators? That wasn't the question. You started by saying this administration was ill-prepared. Let me explain something to the American people. This whole stockpile, which was engineered for, for uh, the basically a 100-year flood, and we've got here with the coronavirus the 500-year flood, and that's the problem. We have woken up to the fact that we did not have adequate uh, material in our stockpiles and more importantly all of our supply chain is spread out over the world at a time when 10 out of the top 20 countries that provide us with pharmaceuticals are imposing export restrictions so we are running as fast as we can to get the people of America what we need we are surging incredible amounts of material into places like New York as we speak we are having the most rapid industrial mobilization uh, since World War II. We are doing the best we can, but don't tell me that we were ill-prepared for this because we, had, we inherited a system of testing, we inherited a system of stockpiles that was woefully inadequate for this, and there was plenty of people to the last two administrations who had wake-up calls and they went back to sleep. That's not what we're doing. We're going to fight this right. come, this virus, and after it's Look, over, Peter, we're going to be Peter, stronger I'm just gonna and tell you, better You're wasting prepared. everyone's time. You're wasting everyone's time with this. It's 2020. The president was elected in 2016. Can you get to a million ventilators? First of all, that number is is way, way, way out of what can out you of get proportion. To we are going to do our best to get the ventilators we need as quickly as possible, and 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 we have GM and Ford repurposing factories but for do you that purpose. Do you have like I, I'm Phillips. just trying to get to the? Do you have a projection of how many you can get to? Sending us ventilators. See, this is the kind of thing, Brianna. You go, oh, we need a million ventilators. We can't possibly get it. That, that's that's like wildly over what we would need. We are we are ramping up production. That and we were that's from the Society can, of Critical Care that Medicine, off Peter. The assembly line Peter, that's from the Society of Critical Care Medicine. They said that that I mean well, that's a ceiling, but they say that's a possibility. And I I mean. You have to that's know that, a, okay, right? If you're you the person it. in there charge of the ventilators. It, Brianna, that, that's a ceiling and that's a possibility. That's like the worst of the worst of the worst case. Okay, again, you're so frightening then where can you America get to? with that kind of stuff. 
We're I am, this is, these are, look, we're Peter, I'm so, Peter, I looked, hang Peter, on, if I'll you think I'll give that you speaking in facts and truth is frightening to people, from Phillips. you have a problem. Why do you keep shouting in my ear? I don't understand. It's, I'm well, trying to give you some numbers and answer your questions. Okay, please. I, I, here, he, here, watch, watch me answer the question. For, we got 43,000 ventilators at least that are come from, come from Philips. We're working with GM and Ventec, and, and they may be able to produce as many as 80,000 by the end of the year. Ford and GE are partnering together, and there's eight other uh, companies on our spreadsheets where we're looking to, to get them to up their production or take whatever inventory they've got. We are working really hard on this, and we are surging capacity to places they need it. And I think what's important for CNN here is, is to report this in a sober way without frightening America and, and just having reasonable conversations when somebody from the White House comes on and instead of just shouting in our ear. Peter, I will tell you that one way that I think a lot of people are calmed down is when they have information. And even if it's bad news or it's difficult news to hear, they know the size of the problem and they know that the government has a plan for it. That is what we're trying to get with you. You're in charge of the supply chain. That is the most pressing issue right now. I don't know that if I actually I have may. too much of a clearer picture having spoken to you today. You know, he's absolutely right. They want to scare the life out of you. CNN wants to scare the living shit out of you. That's what they're trying to do all day, every day. I mean, <laughs> and she wouldn't yeah, even let him that speak. That was horrible. <laughs> that, oh my God. Like, did she, did, did she actually understand the information that she was trying to get? Or was she <laughs> no. just hung up on, oh, no, just tell me, are you going to make a million? No, she, like, even, yes. even she, so, how is that his thing? How he's not, it's not like he's making them by hand. He has to depend on companies to make them. He can only provide as many as a company produces. Like, he can't answer a question like that. Like, someone with any kind of sense has to understand that one person cannot answer for 17 different companies that are making products and say, oh, yeah, they're, yeah, we'll have a million. What, Absolutely. What, well, she did that, Flitzy, because they've been, CNN at that point, been saying forever, we need a million ventilators, million ventilators. Oh, my God, everybody's going to die if we don't get a million ventilators. Oh, my God. So they've been going on that for a couple days now. So that's why she was just hammering him with million ventilators. Where are they? We need them right now. I mean, now, Tony, I understand why you'd want to watch that because that's that's fun to watch. That, <laughs> I have to admit, that was very fun to watch. But but he's right. They just want to scare the shit out of you. I mean, why do you want to watch something that just wants to scare the life out of you? I don't feel like I'm getting any relevant information from CNN that that's even like true right. I just but feel I like mean, they just want to scare people watch a scary movie or go on a roller coaster I mean at the same time it gets ratings even the president's talking about ratings like ratings 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 I mean you know it sells stuff it's again it's this is what we're there to do they have an agenda just they're there to sell the commercial time like that's facts that's what pays them to be in their seats is what commercials are running during those breaks and so they're going to put on whatever keeps people glued, entertained, sensationalized, whatever you're going to call it, on the, on the boob tube. You know, they're going to yeah. keep you watching their channel. And I mean, I have not seen that. I would probably have turned that off or gone to my phone and something else because it's just it's ridiculous. It's unproductive. <laughs> I mean, beyond that, I mean, the bigger question is, is, you know, you have a government that is really trying to put on a brave face like divorced parents parents about to divorce to their kids right. like they don't want to tell the country we're completely underprepared for this shit because it's panic 
right? And they don't want to take the blame for it either because they want to look like the good guy and they want to win the election. You know, so it's just, I mean, it's pointless. It's a pointless question. It was ridiculous. And it was, you know, there was, there could have been so much more use of the time as a reporter than, than that. I mean, it's just, it's, the whole thing is outrageous. It is outrageous. And, and, you know, you bring up the greatest things. There's an election going on right now. Bernie Sanders just dropped out. Nobody gives a shit, but Bernie Sanders dropped out. <laughs> so the question is. There is, is no election going on right now. There is no <laughs> well, well, now. well, the thing, too, is everybody wants to know, where the fuck is Joe Biden? Where has Joe Biden been? Like, he just disappeared. Like, where the fuck's Joe Biden? <laughs> I found he's in his living room. Every time he's on TV, he's got the same book. You know what? He's in his living you know what? You're, abso- you're absolutely right. I found Joe Biden. Here he is. Here's have Joe you Biden. been uh, tested for the coronavirus? No, I, I have not been tested for the coronavirus. Uh, I've had, thank God, no symptoms that I'm aware of. Doesn't mean that that can't happen. Up for the next round of primaries, <coughs> including. <coughs> I've not talked to any individual. Excuse me. You know, you're supposed to cough into your elbow. I don't know, sir. I learned that actually covering your White House. That's, that you no, did. Actually, actually, that's true. But fortunately, I'm alone in my home. But that's OK. <laughs> Vice President Biden, thank you so much for your time. Please stay healthy. For keeping businesses shut. We have to take care of the cure. That will make the problem worse no matter what. And no. what is it like to be a candidate in the time of social distancing? <clears throat> Well, I'm, uh, I'm I'm doing fine, thank you. <clears throat> and I think we've been public, but first of all, in this crisis, <clears throat> I'd like to talk earlier. He's talking. About- <clears throat> and I tell you what, I'm so darn proud. And those poor people who have lost, you know, anyway, it's just mm-hmm. my heart goes out. To no, me. no, no. Listen, <clears throat> we're, we're have to make a choice about who leads this country. I just I just can't figure the guy. It's like it's, I don't know. It's like watching a yo-yo. I shouldn't have said it that way. It's like watching. It feels that way. I want to ask. I want. <laughs> it's okay about um, the reporting in the New York Lloyd to Home Alone um, with children. Why doesn't mm-hmm. he just act like a president? That's a stupid way to say it. You know, I Donald guess, Trump was really asked. Wishing... Sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I probably best I don't. <laughs> wow he's running for president of the united states i i don't understand how does someone vote <laughs> how does someone vote for him i i that is amazing to me you know the the, the the democrats wanted to push bernie out there's no question they did it four years ago they did it again this year he's gone but how yeah. the fuck did they end up with joe biden out of all of them how the fuck did it with Joe Biden? You know, I'm not a Democrat. Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. I don't mean to step on your toes. I'm sorry. But like Bloomberg, who ran on 9-11 for those $500 million ads, bowed out right before the pandemic. Yeah. Yes, he did. <laughs> like, he could have shined. And he donated like 10% of what he spent on his campaign to help fight this, which was still a decent amount of money. But nonetheless. You know, like, I'm sorry. Sorry. You know what? No, blue, you, there's some, something that was this is what was scary about Bloomberg, Tony. This is what scared me. He came in late. He came in out of nowhere. All he came in with is his money. That's that's it. He just had money. He had billions of dollars. And he was actually able to purchase like 20 percent of, of the support he had. He was actually actually able to purchase supporters. That's scary shit. That's scary that somebody, if you have billions of dollars, you can come in and 
uh, possibly become president. I mean, that's insane. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, yeah. you know what I'm saying? That like fucking out of nowhere he came and, because he had that money and, and he was able to put on massive advertising campaigns, social media campaigns. I mean, he went nuts and he actually bought he bought votes and, and, and it worked. I mean, that that's frightening that 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 can happen. Um, and thank God he's out. I, oh, my God. If we had Bloomberg. Oh, no. Um, and what he did for, you know, it, it's crazy. But anyway, um, I, I just don't understand how they ended up with Biden out of all the candidates. You know, the one candidate I liked, Tony, was that Gabby. Uh, what was her fucking name? Gabby. Uh, she hardly got any press. I mean, I think she's from Hawaii. Point proven, apparently. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it, it, it's a shame because she was really good. She was very intelligent, very smart. She She seemed to have a lot of even though she was a Democrat, she seemed to have a lot of understanding and good views on things. I don't know. They just like totally like she didn't even get a chance. Like they focused on uh, on the Pocahontas woman and and Biden and uh, and they put a lot of faith into the uh, the guy uh, uh, Budovich, I, I think his name was. Um, right. I well, just, politics isn't based truly around like who gets leveled up in politics isn't based around their politics. It's based around who can raise the most money. Like who's the favorite, the front runner, the the resource that's going to take the most bets. <laughs> like that's all they give a shit about is getting their front runner. So it's like it's not about it's not about that. It should be. Right. <laughs> like I agree with you on principle. You know, like fuck yeah, what I say should make a difference, and that's why you should vote for me, not because I can raise you know two million, five million, hundred million, whatever that is you need today to be president, because you need that, and there's no way to get there without that, and. Bloomberg was like, well, let me just see if I can buy it. And he realized he couldn't. And he ran away like a real pussy, which I was actually really surprised about. I was ready for that battle of the century as a New Yorker at heart, like billionaire versus billionaire, like freaking. Um, oh, it would have been great. It would have been great. You know, like the battle of the Titans, self-made against rich boy and like, you know, all that. Like I was ready for that. Like that would have been way more fun than what's going on with the coughing in the basement. Like that. <laughs> I feel, I feel I was once a real blue Democrat and, you know, I feel so sad for that side. Honestly, I yeah. just, like, I, you know, I just I feel empathy. It's a shame. <laughs> because, and it's true because when it comes to these debates, if they end up having them, you know, Biden uh, debating Trump, it's not even an, I mean, it's it's not even a it's just going to be a joke. I mean, there's Biden doesn't have a chance against Trump. He's just it's not going to happen. It's it's. It's, and you're right. If, if he had Bloomberg and Trump against each other, oh, my God, that would have been fucking exciting. Because I'll tell you something. That Bloomberg's a fucking hothead. He really is. When he, when he did that first debate, and you, if you looked at his face, he was about to explode. There was so much he <laughs> wanted to say, but he just knew he couldn't say it. And I am, I am very shocked that he was able to contain himself because usually he can't. Usually he has to fuck. He just he, he has to say something. You know, Trump is the same way. It would have been those debates would have been epic, but unfortunately, pay per view. Yeah, and they yeah. have backstory. <laughs> they have like you know 2011 VaporCon backstory. You know what I mean? They, yeah. they were in the same circle. Yep. You know, so they it's not just you know title against title. Like they kind of knew they you know they they did not like each other. So I agree. I think it would have been way more entertaining, a way more fair chance. All those things. I was very surprised to see Bloomberg bow out when he did. Quite honestly. And I think right now he's kicking himself for it because in his ads, he was pushing that I, you know, the 9-11 thing, the hero. And yeah. he, he was in a lot of ways for New York City, regardless of politics. You know, he he took us. Giuliani was, the, you know, it was a whole different story, <laughs> you know, but like 
he took New York to that modern European place, which not everyone might like about Manhattan, what changed, but nonetheless, it was modern. It was something new and, and not bad, just different, but, you know, not as seedy anymore, but it wasn't harmful. And it, you know, was a, a weird growth place for New York after that time. So he, you know, there is that sense in New Yorkers, regardless of party politics, that he did resonate with. And, you know, big states have a lot of New Yorkers, Florida, California. I think he thought it would carry more weight. Whatever. He's out of the race, so I'm going to shut up about it. Well, it it, 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 it is true that, you know, people don't understand uh, before. And so you understand, Flitzanu, when you go to New York City at some point, which I know you will, when you go to Times Square now, I mean, Times Square is great. But before Bloomberg, when you went there, there was hookers in the street. I mean, there was Mm. it it was (laughs) it wasn't what it is now. Um, He did. No city bikes at all. (laughs) Yeah, he he did clean up New York as much as I can't stand him. He did clean up New York um, because it it was pretty bad. So, uh, you know, he he made it it is it is what it is today because of of him doing that. But that's all I'll give him. I'm not going to give anything else. But you know what? None of that matters. None of that matters because Kenneth Copeland. If you don't know who Kenneth Copeland is, Kenneth Copeland is a minister. He's a televangelist. He's actually the top paid televangelist in America. He has a net worth of $700 million, wow. which I can't believe. But Kenneth Copeland, we don't have to worry because Kenneth Copeland got rid of the coronavirus. And I'm going to play you what he did. He actually blew it away. Listen oh, to good. this. Yes, this is Kenneth Copeland getting rid of the coronavirus. Listen to this. Win! 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 Almighty! Almighty! Strong! Thing. Burn this thing in the name of Jesus. In the name of Satan, you bow your knee. Satan, you bow your knee. You fall on your face. You fall on your face. COVID nineteen. COVID nineteen. I blow. The wind of God. The wind of God. On you. On you. You are destroyed forever. You are are destroyed forever. forever. And you will never be back. And you will never never be back. Thank you, our God. Thank Thank you. (laughs) Let it happen. It's gone. The coronavirus is gone. Oh, good. Thank you, Kenny. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's really, that's a relief. Let it happen. All right, so I and that I, guy gets have, seven hundred million dollars a year. <laughs> I got two things that I need to interject for you. So the first, j- the, <laughs> the first thing, which we can go back to, there uh-huh. there should have been another uh, another person running that could have done great things in this country right now. That name, Joe Exotic. Yes, yes. And Joe. the other thing, <laughs> the other thing, as far as I I don't want to sound like I'm I'm bashing. Copeland. Um, however, I think there's a there's a big thing about religion that I think a lot of us kind of want to ignore or want to believe isn't true. And that's that if you believe in God based on, you know, Judeo-Christian religion, that you you have to recognize that many, many bad things happened. And there's a good chance that this creator 
of this this whole, I'm being trying to be impartial. I don't know if it's working. This whole thing, there's there's no indication that he, he's going to care about this virus. Like we're kind of we've kind of been left on our own. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we have a little bit of communication and a little bit of interaction, that kind of thing. But um, there's nothing to indicate that he would even care. Right. <laughs> you know, like yeah. why? There, there's I always liked it. Uh, and again, I, this is you know, I don't want to make people angry and sad, but there is a great line in Fight Club that, uh, you know, Tyler Durden says you have to accept that God may not like you. Yeah, like that's a real thing. Right. And I'm not saying that from like any kind of anti-religious. Yeah, I I tend to call myself rather spiritual and moderately religious. And there's that's a that's a thing. I feel like people don't really want to accept that, though. Like, there is a good chance that he doesn't care. Right. And he maybe he doesn't like you and that there's there's no indication that any amount of 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 begging is going to make it go away. Well, he gave us Kenneth Copeland, so he must not like uh, some of us. But uh, <laughs> I mean, that, that's just that's just amazing to me. Absolutely amazing. Uh, and, and, and I've got to get this going because I, I'm taking too long and I'm sorry. I got to get to the anxiety discussion. But before I get to that real quick, Takashi 69 was released from prison. Oh, good. Now, yes, he was released from prison. I don't listen for people to understand. He went to prison because he was uh, supposedly a snitch. Well, he, he's not. He is a snitch. He snitched on, on, on these guys, and he got released early because... Hang on, i got to shut this off. I love that stupid song. He, uh, he got released from prison because uh, of the coronavirus, which he was going to get released in a couple months anyway. So anyway, he did his time. He's out. Uh, he's got a whole gang of people mad at him because he snitched on all these people to, in order to get an early release. But anyway, he gets out of jail. Um, he was on Instagram the other day. Now, this is fucking funny, okay? There was a post by the mayor of Los Angeles, and the headline on the post was, Offering Snitches Rewards for Reporting Businesses Violating the City's Stay-at-Home Order. So Los Angeles is looking for people to snitch on businesses that are open so they can go after them that are violating the order, right? Right. So he goes in there, to Takashi69, and he just left a comment, and his comment was, Coming to the rescue. <laughs> <laughs> well played now that's funny i mean come on listen you can hate the guy you can call him a snitch whatever that's fucking funny <laughs> i'm coming to the rest that is pretty good <laughs> i love that that's great okay um i've got to get this out anxiety i've been l- watching flip wait i want to respond really fast oh go ahead go ahead respond tony absolutely respond you can't talk about the bronx and not let me weigh in i mean I, I i'm not from there but i lived there for four years right one thing i gotta say is about Takashi 69 there's an older school of people that take it very seriously with him yes like but it's not that younger generation that take it seriously with him if that makes any sense to you that right. yes. like yes it does mumble rap generation yep they don't care at all anymore like that right. sense of loyalty like that was that, that mobster thing that carried over into gangs in new york in the 90s and the 80s that's like gone from New York. It's all it about is. like pink sneakers now. I don't understand that at all. It is. But there's there's some people that look at that and they just look at like a younger generation and like kind of say like, wow, we're very different. Like the millennials from the Z's, is that what it is? I think 
which is like really important in this like weird time because you know you know the millennials are coming into like adulthood you know and they're mm-hmm. watching this crazy world unfold and you're watching this kid who 20 years ago would have been like literally whacked the day he walked out of prison you know Ex- what i'm trying to say like out, exactly exactly head, if this was you know? the 80s and 90s and no questions asked no right. investigation just right. drug war rap war you know bullshit bullshit and today this kid's like living the high life like kyle jenner stashed away doing instagram posts it's, it's actually just so weird i just had a comment on that part of like the no, you no, you're absolutely correct. If, if if this was back in the '80s, you're absolutely right. If this was back in the '80s and '90s, he would have never in a million years cut any deal with them because he knew if he did, he'd be dead. He wouldn't have made it out of prison. They would have killed him in prison. Yeah. He would have been dead there. He wouldn't know. There would have been no saving absolutely. him, no no protecting him. That and that's the way it was. You're absolutely right. And now it seems like what the fuck. And that's all. But that's also why Tony, like for example, Snoop Dogg and Fifty Cent are his two biggest detractors. Like this motherfucker, because they are old school. They, you know, especially Fifty Cent. He was brought up back then when you didn't do fucking do that shit. You know that yeah. just didn't happen. You did not. You did not do that stuff. No, like, you wouldn't just be threatened. Your family would be threatened. Yes. and it wasn't like oh we're tough. Like we're going to do FBI investigations on where your sister lives. Your sister lives two blocks over to the left on the second window. Don't play me. Yeah. You know, it was like I see her every day at the bodega. So like, let's go. You know, yeah. like it was. You know, it was not like it is today at all. No, nope. it's just so different. <laughs> it's so different. Sorry, it I is. decided to comment. No, no, you're absolutely right, and that's a great comment because it's absolutely true, absolutely correct. And and but you know what, Tony, I don't. I mean, I I also think they're kind of holding out. They're gonna. He just got out. They're gonna wait a little bit. They're gonna wait a little bit. This guy. There's no way this guy is just gonna continue to go on and nothing's gonna happen. I just don't believe that. I just. It, I, I don't see that. But we'll see what happens. But I, I do want to get this. So coronavirus. Yeah. So. Coronavirus. <laughs> so so Flitzanu's been has been posting. I'd say for the past couple months now, about yes. uh, anxiety, and I've been reading your post. And you know, some of them are actually like kind of like help me like what do i do this is this is like getting to me my quick question for you have you had issues with anxiety all your life or is this something recent that's come on that you're like what the fuck well so for me yeah i kind of recognized i don't know a couple 10 15 years ago um i kind of recognized that i i was having anxiety stuff that i i didn't realize was anxiety mm-hmm. um it was kind of like it all started. It was kind of after a bad breakup uh, long to, oh God, like 20 years ago, I guess, 18 years ago. So give or so give or take. Um, and in dealing with that, you know, like I kind of hit that emotional wall where I was like, man, I can't deal with this. Like, I don't even know what to do. Like, I can't live my life because I'm depressed and everything is terrible, blah, blah, blah. Like I wasn't suicidal. I wasn't, you know, seeking uh, any kind of violence or anything like that. It was just mental anguish. And, um, I kind of hit that point. I'm like, I don't know what to do. And, you know, went to a doctor and they're like, Oh, take antidepressants. And so once I started, I'm like, Oh my God, this is what I used to feel like. You know, Mm -hmm. it was like, as I had gotten older, I had kind of lost that carefree young, like, I don't give a shit about things. Like, why am I letting this bother me kind of attitude? And, uh, you know, it felt great. Like, and have, moderately adjusted, you know, (laughs) throughout the years. And, um, and for me, it was always more mental. It was more like, you know, I would get stuck in a rut, like a mental rut of like, I can't, 
you know, I can't feel happy or I, I don't have motivation to go do anything like mostly very typical, uh, uh, or depression symptoms. And, um, but recently, like it started around Christmas that I started getting like really weird, uh, more, like more and more oncoming, uh, physical sensations from it. And that's never happened to me. And, uh, but yeah, like it started around Christmas. Uh, it was actually, it was Christmas day and like nothing unusual happened. Nothing out of the ordinary happened. Um, I just hit this, like this mental circle of like everything, you know, kept compounding and getting worse and worse. Like one thought would lead into 10 other terrible thoughts and they would just keep splitting and keep splitting. And I was physically ill. Like I was to the point I'm like, am I going to have a heart attack? Like, it was that weird sinking, like roller coaster feeling of like everything is. Did you get? Did you get very bright. numb? Did you get the numbness and you were just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's like everything is tingly. It 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 felt it felt like you're you're filled with air. I don't know. It was it, like everything is swelled up and like all of your your nerve endings are super sensitive and like your entire body is like swelling with just energy. And my and, and, and you can't really breathe. You have a hard time breathing. Yeah. 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 It was just like, and nothing would make it go away. Like there was no amount of like calming and sitting down or relaxing. Cause like you can't close your eyes and try to like not think of anything because everything would just get worse and worse and worse. And, yeah. uh, and yeah, like, I mean, I was, I was minutes away from thinking like, should I go to an emergency room? Like, is my body, am I going to have something happen to my body? And yeah. Um, uh, and even though like mentally I knew nothing was wrong, it was just like, I could not escape it and I could not get out of it. And there was no, you know, there was no trigger. There was no event. There was nothing that happened. It just like, it just happened. And, uh, but yeah, like I've never, ever had issues like that before. Never had panic attacks, never had, never really even had debilitating stress. You know, like I've always kind of lived my life and even going, you know, with bad breakups, like with people that I've worked with, like the girl that you had met at mm. the, uh, at the vaping event. Um, you know, like we worked together and like when we split up, I mean, it was horrible and it was bad, but like, I never had any physically debilitating symptoms happening to me. And so the whole physical thing is, has been very, very new. And I really, I can't figure out where it's come from. I mean, it just, yeah, it just kind of happened. Well, I, I, okay. So two quick things, I'm going to get to where I think it's coming from, but before I get to where I think it's coming from, I, for God, Jesus Christ, I'm in my mid-40s now, so probably since I was 10 years old, I suffered anxiety. Um, and yeah. anxiety in the sense of um, I would fear my father coming home. Great fear. Right. My bedroom used to be upstairs, and our garage used to be below my bedroom. And when I heard that garage door, we had an automa automatic garage door. When I heard that automatic garage door open up, I knew he was home. And it start yeah. right then. Oh, Jesus, he's home. Is he going to be in a good mood? Is he going to be in a bad mood? If he's in a good mood, then fine. Everything's fine. I'm gonna, if he's in a bad mood, oh, my God, he's going to tell me I'm a shithead. I'm a fucking idiot. I'm a moron. Oh, my God, what's he going to do? Is he going to get so mad? Is he going to kick? I mean, it just rush, 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 rush. Um, right. So the way I dealt with it, honestly, at a very early age was smoking weed. If I noticed if right. I smoked weed, I, I wouldn't get panicked. I wouldn't get anxiety. I wouldn't start freaking out. Um, so I would try my best to deal with it that way. As I got older in my twenties, um, I was not doing good in life. I had a terrible job. Uh, I had a girlfriend that I knew was cheating on me, but I just, it was, it was just a mess. It was a fucking mess. 
And I would get anxiety so bad that I get these stomach pains, these debilitating stomach pains that I couldn't even move. Now, as long Mm. as I was smoking weed, I was fine. I didn't get the anxiety. I didn't get the stomach pains. They want to, you know, and I, and I'm a medical marijuana patient today. I smoke weed every day. I have for probably 30 fucking years, however long I have. And it keeps my anxiety away. Luckily for me, marijuana keeps my anxiety away. I don't get the stomach pains anymore. I don't get the panic attacks anymore. I I don't suffer. It it worked for me. Now, I don't know if that would work for you or not. If you haven't tried it, I absolutely suggest you try it because it just might. But here's what I think. Go ahead, Tony. Go ahead, because then I'm going to tell uh, Flitana oh, what I think is wrong. But go ahead. Can I jump on the train on the van on the van wagon? But if you continue, I don't want to interrupt you. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Say say what you want to say. Because I yeah. Go ahead. Well, you and I have never. You and I have had conversations. You and I have never really talked about my anxiety levels are off the charts too. And yep. I had my first panic attack when I was 19, and I was high on ecstasy. To <laughs> tell you the truth. I didn't tell anybody I was on it, and um, I hadn't drank water in a long time, and my whole shit started to get fucked up, <laughs> the best way to describe it, and um, I thought I was going to die, so it was like, I was like confronted with mortality, you know, when you're young, you think you're invincible, and I had my first panic attack, yeah. and since then, I've had a few, I've actually been in the ER two or three times for it, where my EKG was like off the charts, you know, like a hundred and something over a hundred and something like, you know, and, but you know, uh, they would give me two Xanax and send me home. Nothing crazy. I was just panicked. And, um, I want to share the story when you talk about physical symptoms. Um, I had gotten a bad car accident when I was a kid with teenager driving. So whatever. So driving sometimes brings on anxiety tunnels, never used to, but all of a sudden, I would drive back and forth a lot to Jersey. My dad was in hospice and I was living in Manhattan. He was in Jersey. So I was back and forth to the Lincoln Tunnel. And for some reason, all of a sudden, Lincoln Tunnel just started giving me fucking anxiety. I don't know why. One time I wasn't running a gas in it. No big deal. I made it through. You know, another time, you know, it just all of a sudden started to grow and grow and grow. And I don't know why. I'm not afraid of tunnels. I'm not claustrophobic. So this is a true story. I'm heading back from Jersey. It is Super Bowl Sunday to meet my fiance in my apartment with all of the friends to watch the thing and you know I'm just leaving my dad you know and I'm driving the tunnel and I start to just be weird and panic and I'm like um like I don't feel right I just don't feel right I just don't feel right and then that just triggers and triggers and then all of a sudden my fingertips are numb my toes are numb my leg starts to go numb so now the, the car is actually like you know we're going what 30 miles an hour Mat 35 max to the Lincoln Tunnel, and the car is just kind of like bouncing because I can't judge where my foot is on the fucking accelerator. So I'm like, fuck, like I'm having a full blown fucking panic attack in the middle of the fucking Lincoln Tunnel on Super Bowl fucking Sunday. Yeah. Like, what is happening right now? And I think all of that combines hospice and this and that and new things and, you know, problems in life and work and whatever. And, you know, all of a sudden I, I realize that I have to stop the car. Because if I don't, I could cause an accident, right. and I do. And all of a sudden now, I'm in a full-blown, full physical panic attack. And what happened was is my muscles constricted because I wasn't getting enough oxygen. So my legs are in knots. My hands are struck against my body like I'm a paraplegic. Like, like And the cop finally comes. Like, a cop's going to come. He comes. He comes over the window. And I've never been, like, more thankful in my life. He's like, what's going on? I'm like, I'm having a panic attack. I'm really sorry. I lost control of my car. He's like okay, are you feeling better? This happens all the time. That's the first thing he says. I was like, oh, thank God I'm not your first case. 
and then he's like, well, just drive, you know, if I drive real slow behind, like so calm, so nice. And I was literally like 30 feet from the fucking exit too. And I lived like four blocks from, the, from there. I was insane, but I like, I got through it. I haven't never since then had one as bad as that. And it was the most traumatic it probably be in my whole life. I've had them on planes. I've, you know, and all they can say is, is that, it's your mind telling you what's the problem. So you just have to tell your mind to stop telling you it's the problem. Like you just have to calm yourself down. Like when you just tell yourself, I'm just having a panic attack and it really, really fucking sucks right now, but it will pass and I will be able to like eventually get my car to the fucking tunnel and go home, go in my bed. Like you just have to have that moment of this is just what it is. It's just full blown fucking anxiety. So sorry, I had to interrupt. I had no, to no, 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 no. And, and you know, I, I had the same experience. The worst panic attack I ever had in my life was when my first wife that I was married to um, told me she was cheating on me. And I had <sighs> a full-blown... I, now, I don't know why, be, and I th- this is why I think I did, because I kind of knew the whole time something was happening. I knew I couldn't catch her. I knew she was doing something, but I just couldn't figure... You know, she was so good, I just couldn't figure it out. I think when the words actually came out of her mouth, and I actually heard her, after years, actually heard her say it to me. And not only say it, she was actually, oh, and by the way, remember two years ago when you thought I was fucking that guy? Yeah, I was. And it just started going off. I had a full-blown panic attack. I was numb. I couldn't breathe. I'm, 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 I couldn't even get out, call 911. And I was trying to get it because I couldn't breathe. And I never experienced anything like this. I mean, this was bad. I mean, I just went mm. totally numb and fell over. Tony's right. I couldn't move my legs. I, I'm like, and she's just like going on and on. And I'm like saying, please don't let me die. I, I just think when I heard her say it, it made it real. And then, like, all the years of me knowing and wondering, and it just all came at once, and froomp, it just threw it all me. And it was the most scariest thing I ever went through. That was the worst panic attack I ever had in my life. But Flitzanu's thing, this is what I think is going on with you, Flitzanu. Because I, 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 I know you're wondering, like, <laughs> where is this coming from? Because I think, you know, we all consciously, we have our conscious thoughts, and then we have our subconscious thoughts. Right. I, this is what I think is going on. You're in your what now? How old are you now? Mid-40s, early 40s? 22. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you got to be at least early mid-40s. So 43? Here's what I think is happening, okay? Midlife crisis? I, 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 think, I think you're in your 40s. I think, number one, you really, really do want that one person. You're, you're, I think, I think I subconsciously that, yeah. you're saying to yourself, I'm in my 40s. When the fuck is it going to happen? I need my significant other. Why hasn't it happened yet? What's going on? Is it me? Is it not? Am I not fine? And, and that, I think subconsciously is giving you anxiety. Like, what the fuck? Why is this happening? I'm a good guy. I got a good job, blah, 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 this and that. What the fuck? I think that's part of it. I, think the, I can agree, yeah. I, I can think, agree with that. I think the second part of it is where you live. I can't fucking believe you live where you live. I mean, you, you, you should be living in New York City. You are not the type of guy to, to be living where you live. If, and Tony, you lived in New York City. Flitzanu would love New York City. 
It is perfect for him. It, it, everything that he's into yeah. is there. The greatest restaurants, the greatest people. I mean, he's a, you're a social guy. You like to be out and meet people and talk to people. All that happens in New York City. That's not going to happen where you are, Flitzanu. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm just being honest. You know, I, I think it's true. I think you're looking at yourself too and going, "Oh, I'm, were you in Oklahoma? I'm here in yeah. Oklahoma. You know, you shouldn't be there." I, and I think subconsciously you're going, "What am I doing in my life? Am I going to live in Oklahoma the rest of my life alone in a fucking house with a cat and work my job?" And you, no, I think you want way more than that. And I know New York City would give that to you. You'd be like, oh, my God, everything's here. You can meet the right person. You can do the things you like doing. You can be social. You can actually, you know, feel like my life's I'm going somewhere with my life now. I think subconsciously and you don't realize that you're telling yourself, what the fuck, man? I got to do something. I mean, I can't do this for the, you know, and, and you're not realizing it consciously. But because you're having that subconsciously, it's giving you the anxiety now. I think you're, it's telling you, hey, man. It's time to make a move, and it's really scary shit. It's not easy just to fucking pick up and, and go somewhere else, but I think you need it. I really do. I, I, I think you need it. I don't think you're going to find what you want in Oklahoma, and I think you know that. I think you're – I mean I, I definitely think you're on to something. Like it's – I mean because we've been friends for a while, so you do – I mean you do – you know, we don't talk – daily or often but i mean it's it is interesting that you can clue in on on those things mm -hmm. and uh because i i can't say that that's wrong i mean there's i can't say any of that is wrong because uh i do have those thoughts of like what am i doing like yeah. this like i should be doing bigger better things yes and uh and i've you know and that's been a thought since i was young you know i wouldn't say that i've been I wouldn't say I had that thought of like being destined for greatness or to be a celebrity or to be famous, but it's like, I, I definitely pictured doing more impressionable things more, uh, you know, like not changing the world, but you know, at least changing a dozen opinions, you know, like changing something about the world. And, uh, so there, I think there is a bit of that, uh, egotistical greatness that is not being fulfilled right and these are all things that you can fulfill in new york city <laughs> the greatest city in the world it really is and tony knows she lived there you can achieve i mean i think everything you're looking for would be there you would totally fit in i think it would give you just a whole new outlook on like like i think you would feel like at that point now my life has begun now, now I can, you know, you can do the, when they say you can do anything, you really can, you really can't do anything in New York city and, and everything is there. I just, you're just, you're, you're a New Yorker and you don't know it is what right. I feel like you're a New Yorker stuck in Oklahoma. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, and, and, and even ask Tony, Tony was a New Yorker for years. She's stuck in fucking Florida now. I know she likes Florida. <laughs> I know she loves the weather and she loves her house and everything else. That's great. But I know there's times that Tony sits there and thinks, man, I wish I was, you know, I miss this. I miss that. I know there is. Um, and, but, but I, I, I think that you need that experience. I think you need a complete life change because if you keep on doing the same thing you're doing, I just think it's going to get worse. It's just going to, you're going to be like, you know, Jesus. well, yes, from a New Yorker who left New York after 20 solid years in the city, you know, like I, I, you know, I wasn't, I was born in Harlem, but not raised there. I, you know, I was raised in Jersey, Long Island, but I made my way there, you know, as a teenager and I stuck around for 20 years. I think anyone over five years or more in New Yorker would agree with me, you're a New Yorker, like an American, like once you're here for five years, you're like, you know what we're doing, you know what we're about. So, you know, you know, the subway or whatever. So, um, 
do I know if it will bring him, you know, eternal happiness? No, I don't. You know, I, does it bring anybody who goes there true happiness? I don't know. Does it bring them experience? Does it bring them um, opportunity? A, a yes. Opportunity. A much more broader view of the world. One hundred percent. It's the it's you know the melting pot of the world. It's the fastest paced city. Fast, fastest paced city in the entire world. Yes. You know, and I you know. Um, it, it will forever change who you are as a person. That is for sure. If you spend enough time there more so probably than any place else you could go. Um, and will you feel probably a much higher level of um, like oneness because there's so much difference in New York that there's so much difference that it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> yeah. Nothing phases a New Yorker at all. So, you know, um, you know, introvert or not, in their mind, they're thinking like, well, I've seen that before. <laughs> you know, I saw that. I saw that 10 years ago in another thing. So it's just, there's no more surprises left. Like I've actually seen, the, uh, this is a story I don't very share very often. Uh, I was invited by a, a friend that my, my husband knows very well to a show in New York that his girl he was seeing was in. So we arrive early and I show up and it's some fire breathing show with just naked people on the stage. And, you know, there were fireballs shooting out of things that I can't mention because <laughs> I was too religious in my life. I was like, and I was with people that were like way more like uh, not as open as even me. And they were looking at me. Everyone was just afraid of like the, the dark red curtains on the wall were going to catch fire. Like it was just the craziest experience I could ever describe in my life, like what I walked into. And after that, like nothing in this world will ever surprise me again. But that's what no flips on your like, needs. I might, might take me off guard. <laughs> he needs to see fire breathing out of women's assholes. He needs to see that. He, he is been locked up in yeah. Oklahoma no, all okay, his I'm life. I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to put it out there. I know you're teasing this. It was a queefed fireball that I saw. <laughs> oh, wow. Full-on <laughs> widespread. That is what I fucking saw. And you know who owned the place? Mr. Big from Sex in the City. I remember they were like, oh, well, Mr. like whatever the fuck his name was. Oh, he owns that place. It's this really cool place. It has a bar in the front, like a weird taboo cabaret in the back. I was like, oh, right, cool. And then I walk in there and I like literally was just like, what the it was incredible though i remember it that's for sure but that that's, but that's new york like it's just like nothing will phase you anymore like you know the subway shows the things you see but the incredible moments that happened in new york and again i guess i'm in the, i am in a new york state of mind you know the subway shows and you just hear some violinist who's homeless and he's just playing the most beautiful fucking music you've ever heard and you've had the shittiest day and you have to pack into a subway and it, there's just something there and my heart breaks for what's going on in new york because it's you know it's not great at all so no anyway, it, it, but, but, but you're that. right let's sound that's what i'm saying you get out of work right you get you get you don't you don't have to worry about driving anymore you subway everywhere you walk everywhere you Uber everywhere. You, you you go to a fucking bar. You meet people from around the world. You go see some queefing fucking fire uh, blown <laughs> after. You know, yeah, then you're going yeah, out like at 2 in the morning. And, yeah, and then you're going out at 2 in the morning and having Korean barbecue because shit's open and 24 hours. And then you're chasing down boogaloos in the Bronx, the after hours, yeah. and that's what you need, Flitzadu. I don't think you have lived your full life yet. I think subconsciously you're going, I'm sitting here in Oklahoma doing the same goddamn thing. What am I doing? It's time to move on and open up your life. 
Hang on, I didn't even see this. I'm sorry. There's a caller. Let me take this real quick. Hello, caller 859. You are on the air. Hello. Hello. Yes, I'm listening to your conversation about New York, and it's uh, it brings back a lot of memories. Um, I'm the guy from Kentucky, by the way, that uh, works at the flea market, the big yes. stall there. Uh, it's good to talk to you again. You too. And, uh, yeah, thanks for taking the call. Anyway, I... Uh, I still drive a truck during the week, but I still sell on the weekends. But anyway, I used to run OTR, and one of the places, believe it or not, that I would go would be New York, both uh, the city and upstate. And uh, you're just bringing back a lot of memories for me. I remember one time I took my son. He was only eight years old at the time. And for an eight-year-old, they're just thrilled to be in a tractor-trailer with their dad when they're on their summer break. And... uh, we were in New York, and uh, a, a trucker told me, he said, park that truck over at Liberty State Park in New Jersey, because I had some off time. I was going to be up there for like a couple of days waiting to get loaded up to get out, and I was kind of frustrated. He said, park at Liberty State Park, get on the ferry, and go over to Ground Zero. And we did that, and man, that's, it's just an incredible place. There's, there's no other place like it in the world. Absolutely loved it. And we uh, we got on the subway, and we went up, and we had lunch at Sparks Steakhouse, where Paul Castellano was murdered mm-hmm. by uh, John Gotti's people. Right. And it was just an incredible thing. It wasn't a cheap lunch, to say the least, but it was incredible. Yeah, it's definitely different than Kentucky, and I, I'd say it would be different than Oklahoma for sure. Well, I would imagine <laughs> Kentucky and Oklahoma are kind of the same. <laughs> I'd, I'd probably say uh, so, yeah. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah, you're right. And, you know, you say that about kids, too. You're absolutely correct. I, my daughter loves going. She's four years old. She loves going into the city. It's killing her now that we can't go into the city. You know, why can't we do she loves it. She, it, it it's, I love that I'm only an hour and 45 minutes away and I can go whenever I want. It's wonderful. Sometimes we'll spend the night. Sometimes we'll just go during the day. But it's wonderful to be able to go and experience it. And I'll tell you something. If I was in my mid-40s and I had no kids, no wife, nothing, shit, if I was in my 20s and I had none of that, I'd be living in New York City. It really is just there's there's so much there. I just, I just Flatsanu's stuck, and I think he just needs out of Oklahoma. He needs a whole new experience, a whole new life, and I think that would greatly help with his anxiety. But, uh, yes, that's uh, it, it, it is a wonderful place. We really do love it. And uh, I thank you for calling in. You call in every a lot of times when I do shows, and I thank you for listening. I thank you for calling in, because not sure. a lot of people will Don't call. Take care. Thanks. Uh, we'll talk to you later. And, and, and I and I love that you know he calls in because most people won't call in. To be honest, they're uh, right, I don't right. know if they're scared or what the hell it is. But I, I think that's what you need. Absolutely. I, I you just need a life change, and and I just know you know what you need to do, Flitzanu. Just get rich. Well, no, you know what you know what you do right now is plan a trip. You're not I, you do trips. I see you do trips every once in a while. Went make, to Amsterdam. Yes, make your next trip to New York City. Okay, go there. I'll meet you there. I I may be able to drag Tony there too, and experience it. I'm telling you, if you just go there for a, even three or four days, just just go on a even if it's a four day weekend trip, make a trip. Right. We can show you everything. I'm telling you, you'd be in love. You'd be like, this is what I need. These are my people. You'd say, I'm with my people now. You would just, I, I'm telling you, the experience would change your life. You should definitely take that into consideration. And as for dealing with your anxiety now, being stuck in Oklahoma, doing what you're doing, 
I don't know if you have tried it or not, but try some weed. I'm telling you, it works for me. <laughs> it absolutely <laughs> so works for me. Let's say, uh, let's say hypothetically, uh-huh. um, you know, because I went to Amsterdam. Um, let's say hypothetically that I, I did or did not try okay. and hypothetically had a really bad experience with it. Well, okay. <laughs> and that it doesn't agree with well, me. Let me ask- oh, I've, been dying to, I've been dying to say something about that. Yes. Kevin knows, and I, I'm a huge supporter of marijuana. At the same time, I've actually now discussed openly with everybody and that I've had very bad anxiety issues. So actually, when my panic attack started, when that happened with me on when I did drugs when I was young, I stopped smoking because it would bring on panic attacks for a long time. It would like because it would take me to like a really zone place. Mm-hmm. And I didn't smoke for almost eight years. And then later on, I started to smoke again in my late 20s. And now it does help me. So, I mean, I do – that is something. Like sometimes, though, if, if it's not doing the right things for you, it, it can push you in a different way. I have had that happen. So I, I do – just sorry to interject. Well, I, you, no, you're I, right. I, and and, and Flutano, it also depends. Now, for example, I'm a patient here in Connecticut. So I right. beautifully have access to everything. For example, I can't use a sativa. If I smoke right. a sativa – it makes me hyper as fuck. My mind's racing. Oh, I'm all over the place. It's not good. Doesn't work. I have yeah. to. I have to smoke an indica. If I smoke an indica, it relaxes me. It relaxes my brain. I'm not rushing all over this. So it does depend on what kind of weed you're smoking. That definitely matters. Um, and I don't know if they have a medical marijuana program in uh, where you are. If they do, I highly suggest you check it out because what's great about it is, is I can get I can get indicas now. I can get certain strains, certain percentages. You may you may have had a percentage that's way too high. Now, for example, right. I use an indica that's like 31% THC. For a flower, that's pretty fucking high, but that's what I need. I need a lot of THC. But they also sell ones that only have like 13% THC. So it's just a little bit. So you're not getting blasted out of your mind, but it's just enough to treat you to help with it. So experiencing with different strengths, different types of strains is absolutely key so you may have just had a strain that was just in, in Amsterdam you probably had some shit that was way too strong and you shouldn't have had in the first place you're like what I, the fuck I agree with that too and yeah. environment <laughs> plays a big role like being safe in your favorite chair as opposed to like in a foreign country in a foreign environment trying something new for the first time is also very different yeah yes that I wanted to do yeah like and and you know but one other thing can I say it's yeah kind of personal mm-hmm. um my uh, my mother-in-law she lost her youngest son uh, like seven, eight years ago now. And she was like very anti anything, like medications or anything. And I and she said to me, I don't want to be numb. I want I wanted to feel my feelings, right? Like that's all these are. These are just like anxiety is just fucking feelings. And it's just something too you have to deal with, whether it can be lessened with medication, which isn't bad. You know, when you're having a physical anxiety attack like when I was in Lincoln Tunnel like I should have been able to like take a quick half like really small Xanax to get my like physical like power back right because that's really scary when that's taken away when like you can't control that you can't open your hands right 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 so you know like you like that's a medical issue but but beyond that anxiety is feelings you know and you have they have to be dealt with and you know there are things that help and I think part of THCs, forget CBD. CBD is completely different. You can detract the two, or I don't know, it's not even a word. You can separate the two yep. for sure. And, you know, you can take CBD, which will 
physically calm your body without having any sort of mental issue right. or stimulus or what have you. So that's an avenue definitely to explore yeah. if you're having an issue but want to treat it naturally. And I believe to hemp and tea and marijuana and THC to be natural remedies, but definitely explore CBD because it won't give you that psychotropic. And, and you should if you haven't but yet, Flitzanu, because CBD, you know, it does – it's weird. It, do, it doesn't get you high. It, it, it does give you this – I guess the best way to explain it is like – Having a warm blanket around you, it just gives you this, right. you know. Sense of calm. Yeah, yes, sense it's of a calm. very calm. It, it it really does calm you down. It it it, it, it definitely works. You should definitely. And it's in your body. It's yes. not in your brain. It's not like having a drink where you're okay. I just had my first drink. Like I'm chiller. It's just in your body. Like your body's not as tense. Yes. Mm, yeah. So you should definitely try those things. Um, you know, mess around with it because I, I really think that would help. I mean, and, and the other thing, too, that's going to help, I want to add this real quick. You know, some people, they, they take meds. That helps. You could explore that if you'd like. I'm kind of against meds if they're not needed. I'm not against meds. If they're not needed, if there's a natural way or any other way, you should try it. If your last resort is meds, do meds. But you need to do this, too. After my divorce and I had my horrific panic attack, I actually went and saw a counselor for a while. Yeah. And I didn't think that was going to do shit. But I got to tell you something, it helped. Number one, I got a female counselor, got a female counselor, because we just seem to be open more to females than we are to guys for some reason. That's just, right, right, yeah. Get I would a, agree with that. Get a female counselor, just meet her once a week and just talk. It, I, it helped me so much. I couldn't believe how much it helped me. I didn't think it was, but it was. Um, that would help too, just to sit down with somebody who knows nothing about you and just sit with her for an hour a week and and get it all out and get out what's on your mind and they help you work things out. It really, it really did help. If you haven't done that, I definitely recommend that too. That's something you should definitely do. This is great. We're fixing Flitzanu. Um, That's right. And, and, and before and it's, it's getting to be two hours too. I'm sorry. I keep you guys in here for so long, but there is That's one okay. more thing I have, I have to, to, to go through before we're done. Um, and I'll get to the anxiety thing in a second, but I have to bring these up. Everybody's asking what to watch, what to watch. They're stuck at home. What to watch. <laughs> here's what you need to watch. Listen to what I'm saying. You watch all these things, you're going to be very happy. The first thing you need to watch is a, it's a series called Escape to Danamora. It was directed by Ben Stiller, I think maybe a year or two years ago. And Escape to Danamora is the story about, uh, uh, there's these two prisoners in upstate New York years ago that escaped. And it was the, there was this married woman that worked at the jail. She was actually fucking one of the guys. And then I just actually ended up fucking both of the guys. She helped them. It was a big news story. She helped them escape from jail. And this series shows it's her story. Like, you know, it, 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 Patricia Arquette plays the woman. Patricia, Patricia Arquette should have won an Oscar for what she did in this fucking series. It was unbelievable. It's entertaining as fuck. It's exciting. What a great series. Escape to Dan Amore, you should watch that. It's an incredible fucking thing to watch. You'll find it completely entertaining. That's the first thing you watch. When you're okay. done watching that, if you've never seen Boardwalk Empire, you're missing the greatest fucking series ever. <laughs> if you ever, if you like anything about gangster movies or anything, you've got to watch. Boardwalk Empire was a series that was on HBO for, I think, three or four years. And I don't know why they took it away. It's about the Prohibition era. And mm, Steve, okay. Busch Steve Buscemi plays Nucky, who's like the main big fucking guy. Like, he's like the big gangster. And it's a total 20s-themed gangster series. It is the best fucking thing ever. It was incredible boardwalk empire is incredible you have to watch it everybody will watch it and say you're right kevin that's fucking incredible 
The third thing you need to watch, there was a cartoon series that came out years ago called The Life and Times of Tim. You can YouTube it, The Life and Times of Tim. It's about this guy named Tim who lives in New York City. It is the funniest fucking <laughs> shit I've ever seen. It's a cartoon, but oh my God, is it fucking funny. I mean, it, it, especially Tony would love it. Living in New York, I mean, seeing all the shit he's going through, it's just hilarious. The Life and Times of Tim, and then the two other documentaries or shows you can watch is, of course, the Tiger King documentary, which everybody's seen by now. That's fucking incredible. Amazing. That Tiger King show was unbelievable. That Yeah, you see, you don't get that in New York. No. <laughs> you get that in Oklahoma. <laughs> yes, that's true. That that's is like an true. hour away from me. Oh, that's great. What a crazy show. <laughs> so there's that, and then... Ozark. If you haven't watched Ozark, you have to yeah. watch Ozark. Please, you get that in Florida. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. You get it in Florida, too. But Ozark is absolutely right. incredible. Those are five shows that you will watch that are incredible, that you have to watch, that are fantastic. And now you know what to do when you're sitting in your fucking house. So, uh, well, I've got a show for you, by yes, the way. Yes, okay. Um, also, number question for both of you. Did If you've seen it, Tony, um, do you think that Carol killed her husband in Tiger King? I'll let Tony answer first, and I'll answer that. <laughs> Nobody did, wants to hear my answer. <laughs> did you see what, what? Did you see Tiger King? Did you watch it? Here's the, here's the thing of it. Okay. I have not seen it, okay. but I do know the craze about it. So I wish I could answer. But my favorite part of it is is that I asked my my husband about it because sometimes he's asleep and watches things. I said, "Did you watch this Tiger King thing?" Mm-hmm. He said, "Yeah." <laughs> yeah. So I was like, well, everybody's excited. Why are you excited? He's like, I got halfway through it. And he's like, I can't watch it. Like, it was just like the, who he was and who he is. And then I, I'm i going to get to it. But I was just like, I don't know. I have to. You got to watch it. Tony, you got to watch it. And, and, and oh. don't watch the first episode and go, oh, I don't get this. Keep on watching it. Oh, yeah, my God. It, get, it's, it. Well, it gets know, so good. It's one of these like sociological, experimental, like, you know, things. I get it. I get it about it. I have to just devote the time to it. That's right. I will, though. No, you have to. <laughs> so no one wanted to hear my answer. So, I told you no one wanted to hear Okay, so, so, so Carol Baskin, <laughs> did she kill her husband? Um, I don't I'm, – I'm going to say I don't think she – here's what I think happened. I okay. think – because watching the whole thing, I think her husband – Loved going to Costa Rica. I think he had some great pussy there that he loved right. being with. I think this Carol woman was batshit crazy. I think he realized that through being married through her through these years. And I think he just got to a point where he said, I just don't want to do this anymore. And he fucking hopped on a plane and he had the money to do it. And he flew to Costa Rica. And I think he's still alive. I think he's living somewhere laughing at all this. And I just think he wanted to get away from this batshit crazy woman. But he left all of his money. I I know. I, it's <laughs> he, like, he left all of his millions of dollars. You're in the Tupac theory. That's like the Tupac is that a, theory. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. He it is weird. They left all his yeah. money. I mean, is I, is that a? I don't know. I, I I listen. Is she nuts? Yeah, she's nuts. Is she capable? And 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 mind you, if yeah, she if nuts. if he what if she did kill him, she didn't kill him. She had somebody else kill him. But she hired somebody to kill him. Right, but, right. But did, did she? I don't know. If or she fed him. To, or fed she, him to a tiger. Yeah, they're saying she fed him to a tiger. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. Though she's nuts. I don't think she's. I can have somebody killed nuts. I, and you know what? We're gonna find out because now, because of this documentary, the police are all over. They're investigating it again. They opened up the murder case again. I mean, now they're all over it. And in fact, Discovery yeah. is going to be doing a series on the investigation of her. 
the police, you know, oh, now investigating. Yes, now investigating her for this. But I don't know. I just I know everybody thinks that, but I just don't think she's that crazy. I think she's nuts, but I don't think she's so crazy that she'd have somebody killed. I don't, but maybe I'm wrong. I have no idea. But I think I don't know, man. I think I just think yeah, based based on her based on her actions and her personality and her reactions to the questioning and stuff that they had in the show, I think she was more than capable of not not necessarily doing it herself, but I I, I question it. I definitely I would not 100% say she was innocent. Um, well, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't so, want to be left alone with her in a room if she had a gun. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'll say that, but yeah. I, yeah. And two other spoilers for Tony, Joe Exotic, the, the, the star, quote unquote, yeah. uh, ran for president of the United States. Yes, he did. He, <laughs> and, yeah. fa- and, and he rah! ran for like governor. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like I, a few years ago here in Oklahoma. And he won like 13% of the vote or yeah. something. Yeah. Like, he got 13% he of the bad. vote. Well, that shows you how back shit crazy a lot of people in, in Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I'd vote for him. I'd be like, yeah, dude, fucking Joe Exotic. That guy's crazy. Let's get him in the office. Oh, it, it's it's crazy. It's absolutely nuts. I mean, it, just, yeah. just the whole and the, the crazy thing, Tony, is is you see this Joe Exotic, and and you live in Florida, and I lived in Florida for years too, so I know you have your typical. You know, he seems like the typical Florida redneck, right? But yeah, he's gay. Close to that, but yeah. he's gay, right. and it, which is so bizarre. He's like. You know, it's you would never imagine this guy's gay. I mean, yeah. he's, he's like very openly you know gay. You know the truth about, about the house I live in? My husband just walked in the door, too, and he can prove this. Hi. He says hello. In our house before us, there were two actual, like, cats. Like, in the 70s, there was a panther and, like, a cheetah. The guy was like, a <laughs> crazy doctor lives in Florida. This is the truth. Our neighbors tell us. He used to walk them down the street on leashes. Yeah. There is a safe buried in one of our walls. I call this the house of cocaine belt. <laughs> I mean, that's God only knows. It was built in 1978. You know, like, I don't know what, what the heck happened here, but that's the truth. Florida is Florida. It's crazy down here. The typical Florida exactly neighbor looks like they're mowing their lawn, and then all of a sudden you read these crazy things, you know? Yep. Definitely. Yeah, no, definitely. I agree. So, uh, uh, so the other show, sorry. So the, yeah. I, we, that was, that was a, Segway. So the other show, um, also, oh, sorry, one more segue. They mentioned the price of tigers that you can buy a, a tiger cub for like five thousand dollars. That seems really cheap to me. Yeah, I right. Can't imagine. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's it's a it's a like if I were because I still want to buy a hairless cat. Like right. hairless cats, kittens are anywhere from fifteen hundred to twenty five hundred dollars. Yeah, you can buy a baby tiger. For like five grand, that's <laughs> yeah, nuts. Right. Like that's so weird. But uh, the other, the other, so the TV show Amazon Prime and uh, our buddy Slipgator had mentioned this to me like a couple weeks ago. He's like, you need to watch the show. It's called Newsroom, and it's on Amazon Prime, and it has uh, Jeff Daniels in it, uh, dude from uh, Dumb and Dumber, right? The other guy. Yep. Um, it's called. I think it's called Newsroom. Yeah, it's called Newsroom, and uh, really good. And it actually it does kind of relate back to like the news thing and the journalism and like do their job and quit being biased and blah blah blah. Is this a like, newer show or is, is it a newer show or is it an older show? Um, you know, honestly, I was wondering that too, and I never checked the dates. Um, they they present things from the past, like mm-hmm. they don't focus on current things. Like I think it, 
I think it might be a fairly recent show. Okay. But they present things like they kind of touch on like uh, the the Boston Marathon. They touch on 9-11. Like it's kind <clears throat> it's not necessarily like a period piece, but it is about, you know, like a decade prior. Right. Like they're focusing on bigger news events. But there's only three seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really good. Uh, all the performances are really good. Like the, the way they... The the way that they're talking about news, I find is very poignant in this day and age, right? <laughs> and journalism and stuff. Uh, so I think that part is really cool. Uh, but yeah, definitely watch that show. Well, I'm definitely gonna watch it. That's my next show. I'm looking for a show to watch. I've watched all these great shows and I've run out. So yeah, I watched like all three seasons when I was because uh, I just had my my sinus surgery, my uh my septum surgery. Yeah. And um so I was laid up for a week and I think I watched all three seasons in about four days. You know what? I had the same surgery. When I had my polyps removed, they also I had a deviated septum. They also fixed it when they were doing that. Yeah. And uh I don't remember shit. I don't re- I, I remember them coming in and saying, Are you ready? And I was like, Yeah, and I don't remember anything after that. I just woke up right. and it was done. <laughs> Um, I, I, I do remember feeling great when I came out of the hospital because I was so drugged up. And I felt wonderful. But, yeah, that was some painful shit for the first three days after. I mean, I couldn't. Yeah. it was hard to breathe yeah. through my nose. You had to wear this thing over my fucking nose because it would bleed if I didn't. It, right. it, it fucking sucked. But I'm, I'm, I'm glad I got it done. It was, the great, it was the greatest thing I ever did. I can breathe normally now. I can smell. I mean, it, it just changed my life. My nose yeah. was a wreck before that surgery, and I and I never had surgery in my life. I was so scared, but I'm so glad I did it. Um, yeah, it was pretty amazing. I, yeah, because I mean, they had said you don't you don't realize how much you cannot breathe until you can. Yeah, and that was so true. Like right. once it was done, even even right after the surgery, like I had splints in my nose. Like they didn't pack my nose. I know they used to do that a lot. Yeah, they would pack gauze all all up in your face. Um, they put these two like rubber plastic splints in my nose that were hollow that I could breathe through. Yep. Um, and even the pain and even like the swelling and the trauma, like I could tell that I could breathe better. Right. And, uh, and even now, like it's been through almost three weeks and, uh, yeah, like it's crazy that I can just breathe. I can feel air going through my nose, through my mouth. Yeah. Like Isn't a it wonderful? Yeah. Instead of my nose just being clogged all the time for no reason. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's really weird. Like you just don't realize and it was it was absolutely true that I didn't realize that I could not breathe out of my nose yeah. until they fixed it. Then it's like, holy shit, this is what it's supposed to feel like. Yeah, it's like a whole new life. It, it was just yeah. it, it's incredible, and uh, I'm, I'm glad I did it. It's I'm sorry, it's been two two hours. We're doing this, Tony. Sorry, you Tony. You sound like Kylie Kylie Kardashian Jenner or whatever. That oh, gee, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're crazy. I did, I did it so I could breathe. I did it so I could breathe. <laughs> That's, well, listen, I'm, just, I'm absolutely. I'm absolutely teasing. I was just making a joke. Tony, I want to thank you for doing this. Um, I've known Tony for many years. I love Tony. She's a wonderful person. Um, I hope this has helped you at least get some of your stuff out because I see how crazy you're going and all over Facebook and everything else. Um, I hope this helped yeah, we didn't you. even touch conspiracy theories. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> like oh, listen, we, we, we can do that another time. Um, but I, I, I do. I, dollar, I, feel I, I really do thank you for coming on. I do appreciate it. Um, I, I love having you on. I love talking to you. And uh, now the audience gets to hear how wonderful Tony is. And uh, oh, I really thank, thank you, you for I'm coming flattered. on. And uh, you as well, Kevin. You're always, you know, you're always there to just be part of the community. Like, and I, I, that's an awesome thing. You know, one way or another, you're just, 
you know, you're a part of it, and that's a really good thing. So congratulations. I, I, I can't get out. I'm, not, I'm fucking trapped. I can't. <laughs> I can't get out. <laughs> but I, I and, and thank your husband. Well, as, a, as, as is everybody right now. So you yes. Know, quarantine. Coronavirus. And, and 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 thank your husband too for letting us have you for two hours and uh, you know uh, doing that. <laughs> He's been tasting outside at different moments. He's just like, what are you gonna come back and have fun with me? Yeah. Now, now, <laughs> so I'm gonna leave you guys to it. And, uh, you know, you know, I'll talk to you soon, and I just wish everyone well. That's all I can do. Yes, we will talk to you soon, Tony. Thank you. Take care. All right, you too. Bye. Good to talk to you. And Flitzanu, thank you. Listen, I hope this helped. I hope you really – listen back to this if you have to. I, I, think, I, I think I got it pegged. I really do. I, I think you just need a whole new change. And, and, and like I said, next time you put a vacation together, make it New York. Say, Kevin, I'm coming to New York City for whatever days. I'll be there. I will, I'm telling you, you will see these things. You'll be like, oh, my God. I, I think it could be life-changing for you. Um, it's I, a good idea, and I know I keep saying it for years and years. Like, And I could probably put that together with the guys like, um, yeah. because this was uh, me and uh, Grim Green went to Amsterdam and Adam from Vaporcast. Yes. Uh, we all went to Amsterdam, and, um, you know, and we've talked about maybe not a tradition, but going on trips like right. you know we we travel well we got along like we you know we didn't hate each other after 10 days or anything like that so right. um, we've talked about i mean of course we'd love to go to further destinations but uh i think you know new york would be that would be a good trip because that, i i do want to go i'm still uh not the same kind of anxious, but still anxious about it because it makes me scared. <laughs> you should, I'm, I'm afraid of it because it's a big city. You shouldn't. But. You really shouldn't. You know, it, it, you, it, if you if you stick in Manhattan, you're fine. You know, you, you it's not like you're gonna venture out to the fucking uh you know Brooklyn and end up in fucking some hood. You'll be right. totally in Manhattan. You're totally safe. You really are. I mean, it's New York isn't what it used to be. It, it, you'll be completely fine. I'm there. Russ, I'll get Russ to come with us. Russ is there. He, yeah. You know, and you'll just be able to experience New York. And I think when you do, I think I just I don't know why I think this. I think you just go, oh, my God, I'm home. This is this is where I want to be. I really do. I just I know the kind of person you are. And I just think you would just fit in perfectly. And you would I think you would just feel like I'm with people that understand me now. I'm you know, right. I, I, I just see that. Um, But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. But But yeah, think about it. And uh, I thank you for coming on as well. I, I know you're busy, and uh, I took two hours of your time, but it was fun, and I yeah. hope I was able to help. And yeah, it's uh, always good to hang out. I mean, it's it's you know, because like I said, like I said earlier, we don't we you know, I I feel like we we have that friendship where nothing changes. We don't talk for six months, and then it's it's still the same. Like, right. I never you know I never feel like we've lost uh you know any kind of levels of friendship that, oh no you know, we can just pick up where we where we left off so absolutely. I, I always enjoy coming on to hang out and chat absolutely me as well flitzanu but uh yeah perfect we will talk to you soon and thank you for coming on sir i appreciate it no well, thank you buddy all right man we'll talk to you soon to... all right see ya bye all right excellence excellence to over two hours you got an over two hour podcast everybody's so lucky all right that's it i'm done i'm wrapping this up thank you for listening I will be back again soon. I am out.